Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Session. 
Report to the chat room, hit it pat a hand. You wanna be there early and beat the caravan. People storm in the gate to get a plate. Them lines packed like the happy land. Either open up with the latest cuts or them rat tools. They're bumped by the latest trucks From 9 to 11 We do it in the dark Like we used to do it in the park For the most part From the very second that the show starts You witness it composed off Think Mozart huh? The love received so far Has been so hard There's a few dudes to run But they medulla they sharp Man they so soft Don't be thrown off Any Zolar Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Peace, peace, peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is Noble Edge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill, very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. Welcome back to another monumental episode of KTL Radio. All right, family, please uh, settle yourselves, get comfortable. Yeah, definitely in for another treat. Here on KTL Radio, welcome back everyone that is joining us, and greetings to our first-time listeners, all right? Uh, we definitely ask family that you um, update your social networks, you know, you pass the link around, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know what I'm saying, you know, all of the networks, what have you, get the word out, let them know that you're here, rocking with the best. We are in the building, all right? Shout out everyone that uh, was enjoying themselves on this extended weekend, you know, to various families and various states that got out and did their thing, okay? I'm sure that some of you will be calling in tonight and giving us some of your breakdowns, some of your accounts of all the fun you've been having. Okay, y'all? One second. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to everyone to join us on Friday's program. Very powerful indeed. All right. Play this tune for y'all real quick while I get some things logistically situated in the back office here. I got to send some updates out. All right. So I'm just going to leave you with this real quick hold you over. I'm always talking about the uh, the reggae band Midnight. So I'm going to set this one off, you know. We'll give you some of these tunes real quick and we're going to be back. All right, so I'm going to just let y'all vibes to this. In the meantime, you can update your social networks to let them know that you're here rocking with the best. Be right back.
Huh? I'll be sleeping on that night. Indeed, indeed. So the era of the corporations is in. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the latest project? Changes. Huh? <laughs> I said, what solidified that? What solidified what? What do you mean? The era of the corporations. The era of the corporations. What solidifies it? No, I'm just saying, you made it sound like the era of the corporations, you know, like it begins, like it started today. No, no, I'm I'm just saying some verses with you from this song that I played, you know. You can check it out. That's you midnight, right? That's, that's, that's midnight. Them. Yeah, trying to make this introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, peace to the family. Peace to the family. Welcome. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Know the Less Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, Brother Red Pill, reporting live and direct. Salute, peace, (laughs) greetings, love and light. Hopefully, everybody has joined us from this uh, beautiful future south. Uh, what was that Memorial Weekend? You know, Hope yeah. he wasn't in Memorial. Yeah, I don't know who you're supposed to be in Memorial for, but from this holiday, Holy Day weekend, that uh, the family had uh, some time off. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, yeah they had no an Lukita. extended weekend. Yeah, no Lupita. Some of us are still on the plantation. But for the, you know, for the for the family, especially the family out in New York, came out to dance Africa, bam, you know. I'm sure that they had a very exciting, fun, filled, energetic, angelic time. You know, really always amazes me the energy. I'm talking about the power, the frequency, the vibrations that are emanated when a family come together. Lord have mercy. Oh my goodness. When those statues come to life and walk out of Brooklyn Museum and come over there to dance Africa, huh? Huh? The goddesses, the the when the statues come to life inside of the Brooklyn Museum oh. and the Metropolitan walk out and they hit right there and go to the dance Africa. Statues. Beautiful yeah. goddesses right Maybe up you the wall. That's what I'm saying. Come on, the wall and catch a flight from New York. You know, like Tell those you. groups to be having them, them, your sisters with natural hair and shit like that. I'm like, you know, what agency they like, using to book these sisters? Like, like, where the fuck you know, are they like, at? I claim my nationality. <laughs> they got their own <laughs> social network because they dance show ain't on Facebook. They got their own island. <laughs> they are not in the city or in the town. <laughs> We've been searching like high and low. I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they just exist in cyberspace, man, because it's a whole yeah, lineage. You're talking, about, you're talking <laughs> about off the walls of Kemet. I'm like, nah, just how about out of the motherfucking black women with natural hair groups on Facebook? Where they at? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, where, like, where do y'all cohabitate? What social events are they in? Damn it. Yeah, like, we got <laughs> to build an embassy over I'm there. About it. Where do y'all but yeah, man. Oh man. Nobody can never deny the beauty of our people. Okay? Talk about it. Listen. Anybody hating on the on the culture, 
The community service should just be to clean up at the festivals. You dig? Just wear the bright orange jumpsuit and just clean up so you can just see it for yourself and just get absorbed by the light. Especially about our people when they gather, man. Shout out to the family in the A who came together for the Something Fresh Festival. I saw the pictures and yes, I almost yes, teared yes. up. You understand? I like, did I really, tear up. I really, I did tear I up. Did Let tear me tear up. Real. You know what I'm saying? And um, I definitely want to make a a formal apology to the organizers well. of the event, the attendees of the event, um, the fellow presenters. I was unable to make it out of Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? So I was unable to attend an event that was very important and very special to us. It was an event held in Ballin, Georgia. It was very much needed. I had a presentation that I was excited about. I have a great level of reverence for the organizers of the event, Sister Tiffany and her husband, Brother Malik, over at um, Organic Blood, and also whose property that um they had this event on. He's a good friend of our family. Yes. Uh, a good brother, you know what I'm saying? And I want to definitely apologize because, um, you know, some things that were unanticipated took place. Yeah, I wasn't able to make it out, and I had to change mm-hmm. my plans. And, um, I'm still in the doghouse with my wife because she she was very upset that we could not make it. But uh, certain situations, yeah. uh, I would say, in my behalf, yeah, yeah, my mom, yeah, my mom, she my was mom, upset. Yeah, my mother was upset. Everybody was not feeling us, but I had to deal with some situations yeah, with my son. Yeah. We're not New York. We're not being felt right called. now. Yeah, when when that when that situation calls for. For me to be there for my son, I have to drop everything and um, attend to that as soon as possible. So everything is good, though. It wasn't an emergency in a negative way. But, um, you know, my responsibilities and my schedules clashed at that point. So uh, I right. just want to send a formal, you know, but we're going to make it up. We are definitely going to do something, and we will be um, amongst the family. I had a presentation as well that I wanted to share I wanted to take my my daughter, introduce my daughter to the family, bring her out to her first uh, uh, first something fresh festival, you know. So I'm in a little bit of, I was in a summer state, but like I said, you know, I was able to attend the festival in New York as a result, so all was not lost. I got to see a lot of the family that I needed to see. Not that I just wanted to see, that I needed to see. You know what I mean? It was detrimental to what it is that we're doing. You know, I was striving and surviving and things that we're doing in the community. So, you know, we uh we had a we had a very, very uh powerful weekend with some very powerful people in New York. You know what I mean? Like for the ones that are still here, you know what I'm saying, y'all are definitely, you know, you have something very powerful in your hands. And you know, they you got to be saying? powerful. No, you have you the crown. Hold on to that. Listen, y'all have the crown of consciousness in your hands with New York City, you know. And um, for the looks of things, you know, it's, it's 
you know, it's, 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 oh, man, I got to say it, man. God damn it. What's up with this Don Sterling walking around with uh, Holly Berries, man? Like, that was, all, <laughs> like, that almost killed my whole weekend, man. Yo, it is a secessional, it's a wave in New York. It's a wave in New Brooklyn. Let's just say New Brooklyn. Let's say that de Blasio, the new mayor, who is a Caucasian dude with a black wife, he may be, I, I think that's the, uh, you know, he's running with that, um, he's running with the Robin Thicke meme. Yeah, that's right. That would be right there. That way oh. right there. That was, uh, I did the knowledge so on that. that's the rendition of, of the new New York? You're saying that, um. No. Elderly Caucasian men walking around with young, fine black women. That's what you were. Right. That's what you were seeing. You remember? Look, before talk to me. They was because every year listen, they were dealing with the yeah. superhead type, right? It was on a you know yeah. what I mean. It was they was the chicks from the from the you know it looked like they came out of like Magic City and all of that. So it was like kind of understandable because you was like, all right, they working girls or they you know it's almost like that borderline of working girl pornography. Slash fantasy, yeah, slash, they get you know? how they live, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the, they get it how they live type, and they was the ones running around. But you have to remember the regentrification movement to New York was something, and it's to, it, it's something it is, it is a a life changing, John. You know, it's terraforming the whole situation because remember, mind you, before that there was still interracial couples going on and all of that stuff, the mixing. You know, sisters were still coming through the festivals you know, draped up and everything, but it was from a different point of view. Now they're inside of the kingdom. Now they're in your hood. Now they are, the, the gentry are in the neighborhoods. Now it's a power play. Okay? Listen, the white women, they're not going to get dudes off of the corner and, and, and bring them in and nurse them and, you know, fix their credit and all. Like, that era is gone. You know, there's dudes that are still doing all of that. But the new wave is the sisters. It's Olivia Pope. It's Olivia Pope. It's homegirl with Don Sterling. It's it's about power at this point. So they're looking at the Caucasian male as a symbol of power. You up in bed, stop paying $3,500 rent, $4,000 rent. You know what I mean? You you are no Chanel walking your poodle, ice drilling dudes. Like, you know, how long y'all going to be out here? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to go to sleep. And now... Next to the poodle, you got my eye segment, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, down the, you know what I'm saying? Like, Senegal Bay, because that's what Lupita Bay, like, that's what they're going for. Yo, son, I, it blew me away, dog. I'm like, when did this conversation even take place for homie to stag you, ma? You, you completely on your, you feel me? I'm talking about natural everything. You know, with the shea butter, everything, shea, shea butter, everything. Shea butter, everything, right. Shea butter, everything. Shea butter, dress. everything. All, right, yeah. All, shea butter, every, all moringa, everything. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, I felt betrayed, son. I, did, I never really even saw. I got a whiz and all of that, B. And I felt betrayed. And it was hard. It was it was secession. It was waves, son. Families and all oh, of that. Man is new to me. You have to don't family, even if there's if there's some people on the line who is out there, like, just talk to me. I'm we the report we have to report the news and the and what's going on. I'm just I'm just observing and I'm time stamping the family. If y'all cool with it and it's everything that y'all dreamt of and this is your your idea of what the utopian society is and y'all sisters are like cool with that, that's cool. There ain't nobody really getting at you right now. 
you know, we I'm just putting a statement out there about what I witnessed this weekend. You know, I, I would love for some of those sisters to come on the show and share with us, you know, what's the mind state, like what's the what's the cool what's the water cooler conversation, right. the cosign and all of that. What kind of room are they in? What foreign board are they getting their, their directions from? But no, it, it obviously there has to be hold on, there has to be a signal going out. And we was talking about this the other day in Lamert Park in regards to hip hop and just the things that we used to do as a people in regards to communication before the internet. You know, been on his head in Best Style in nineteen eighty three and then in nineteen eighty four, you know what I'm saying? Uh some dude in in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee start spinning on their head as well. You know? They didn't have a phone, they didn't have a TV or nothing. It's just who we was as a people that was connecting, you know, via the morphogenetic grid. So, mm-hmm. you know, here we are today, and I'm like, all right, well, what signals are going out? And more importantly, what receptors are being utilized to transfer these signals to people where, you know, the propaganda is being downloaded via TV, and they're getting the immediate, you know, um, yes. They get the Olivia Pope download. They know exactly what to do, you know. But I think more importantly, the the factors that are making that even quicker, making it more possible, is the food, and it has to be dealt with. You know what I'm saying? And we have to look at this as exactly what it is: mutation, breeding, agenda. So the species has mutated. All right. There's an agenda that is in play. All right. When you are changing someone's receptors on the cells, you're going to be able to program them any which way you choose to. You know, it's not so much what you could program and do, it's what's the program. Whatever the program is, you're going to see the effects of it. It's right, so going to see the effects of the program. Okay. So we're, we're seeing things, yeah. Shout out to Morpheus. He's a fucking legend. Telling everybody and their mother that's on the program, you know, you need to listen to that last show that the brother did dealing with Matrix 5, because if you understood what this Oculus thing is about to do with virtual reality, it's, it's mind-blowing where, where reality itself is about to go. The hybridization of reality into a virtual realm is unprecedented. You know, they're about to immerse people into uh, a total illusionary world. Unlike anything that you know, but we're gonna do some follow-up programs on that. I don't want to take all the time talking about that. If the family wants any reference material, you know, to see what kind of big deal this is, you might want to get the latest copy of the Wired magazine, and of course, the front page article. The front page article is dealing with the Oculus, the Rift. Okay, that's the new virtual reality software glasses that are being put into development. Um, they're saying that they should be released later on this year, sometime early next year. It is a complete game changer for humanity, not just for the software world or the computing world, for the human experience, for communication. It's a whole new realm, a whole new way that, quote-unquote, quote-unquote, people are going to be able to communicate. And this is now setting up the scenario that you see in Transcendence, setting up the scenario that you've seen in Terminator, setting up the scenario that you've seen in The Matrix, Surrogate, all of these things, all of these particular, um, you know, all of these different films that are showing you what total immersion in the virtual world will bring about. 
okay? And the only way that that could have been made possible or should I say the easier way for it to be made possible is when you breathe humanity out of humanity. And the only way that that could be done is via the food. So you turn people into plastic first, and then you turn into cybergenetic second, and then now it's virtual, you know what I'm saying? So by 2026, 27, when some of our brightest minds have said that this shift will be taking place, when humans will be born totally different, no longer concerned with knowledge of self, because why should somebody be concerned with getting to know themselves or getting to know their ancestors from 3,000 years ago if now you have a billion options to be somebody else? You just got to plug in. People ain't going to be working out. They can be coming. You think you, ain't, you don't see niggas outside now? No, you really finna not see nobody outside. If someone can sit up in the crib, put these glasses on, and be in China, you know, having tea in China with somebody right across the table from them. If you could be in this virtual world, them shoot them up games and shit, that they got these children up in the crib, trapped up playing these games right now, and they don't even have that, that, that intense virtual uh, assimilated reality. But I've been in proximity to some people playing them games. And when you hear, you know what I mean, the shots going off and you got all these dudes on the headphones and they screaming at each other, those motherfuckers really think that they are inside of a war zone. They they really think that they're immersed in them games, but they are about to, they about to really put you in game. Unlike anything that you've ever seen, do the research. You know, again, as always, don't take our word for it. Look it up. You know what I'm saying? Look it up. So let's use that to segue into tonight's conversation. Let's do brother that. has some information that is unprecedented. It's never been spoken before in public. All right? We know our brother is an intense researcher. He has been digging and digging and digging and running into some information that is profound, and he is here tonight to share it with you in real time. Okay, family? Using the mind blower. So with no further ado, well, first let me read the introduction, okay? Join Nodalist Radio as you welcome back resident botanist slash alchemist, Brother Terrence Miller. He will open the platform to the brother as he goes into unprecedented territory. While the world is up in arms about GMOs and my brother Miller's relentless research has led him to uncover an even more sinister plot, something far worse than the monstrosities of Monsanto. Tonight, he will do the knowledge to exactly what is mutation breeding, how long this program has been underway, and what implications this will have for the human family. Millions flock to the theaters this weekend to watch the fictional stories about man becoming mutant. Tune in tonight to hear how humanity is literally being mutated as we speak. Classes in session, families, with no further ado, we want to go to the caller from 773-575. Mr. Miller, peace. Peace, my brother. How are you? Greetings. All is well in yourself. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Burning the candle at both ends, but I'm, I'm good. Energized. Yes, indeed. It's an honor to have you back on the program tonight. Yeah, thank you. And uh, it's an honor to be back again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you 
heard any of the uh, lead-up conversation we were having. Yes, I did. Okay. Do you want to, uh, you know, start from there and segue directly in? Yes, I would. Yes. Thank you. You know how you... Um, yours, yeah. Look into things rather deeply and only to uncover that the very thing that they said they were wasn't. So even when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, exploring or what people would call research, there's a certain understanding or understanding you have to have to determine whether it's valid or not. You know, it's always the question, how do you validate the research? And you have to understand certain fundamental principles that govern all things. And i tell you one word that really caught me was evolution. You know, because I've been exploring the morphology of plants and what they call evolution, which is no such thing. You know, there's no reflection of it in the universe. That as when something initially takes form, it's in a more rough, unadulterated form. And as time goes on, continuously it gets better and better. And that takes the appearance of something linear. But, of course, space is curved, and there's nothing linear in the universe. So that concept could not be true. So now the question is, how did the different, many different plants take form? And then the main question is, why are there plants still in their same form from 3.5 billion years ago? And now you have plants today that change in a matter of just a few years. So what's the difference between why a plant takes on and maintains that originality and the others go through these adaptations or mutations? I've heard mutation was natural. And then again, something changing form is just not mutation. You know, that can happen from cataclysms in nature. They consider mutation is an irreversible pair or damage of the genes. So what they call recumbent DNA, when the daughter cells split in half and then they recombine, of course, with the breeding and the inconsistency in genetic match, damage occurs because the two don't come together cohesively. Which made me realize that this single-cell organism that they have observed, that they call it bacteria, which is not, now we have to go back to stem cells. Stem cells not only exist in human form, but they exist in all life forms. And that original cell that took form three and a half billion years ago was a master stem cell of all life. Anything living on a planet came through a process of what they call specialization or different differentiation is when something like in the human body the stem cells become cells of the nervous system, skeletal, muscular, digestive, endocrine, immune function and so forth. And a lot of the study that science is doing is they discovered this stem cell but they can't get it to differentiate into the system that has a deficiency. 
because that's something only nature can do. So we hear a lot about sea moss, the Irish moss. The thing no one has ever mentioned was that sea moss, in the same form it's in right now, goes back to 3.1 billion years. So if mutation is natural, why hasn't sea moss changed form? Why hasn't the algae changed form? The horsetail, many of the ferns, many of the fungi. So now we're looking at a group of plants that have such a resilience and a phenomenal nature that they can stay in a form for these billions of years, but now you have plants that go extinct. And that, and that, and that process of mutation by way of breeding, there's a lot of talk about GMO. And we always used to say that whenever something was really prominent as far as the exposure that it got, there's something else going on behind the cover that they're not mentioning. And that was mutation breeding. I went to seed school back the second week of April. And I'm looking at a seed school that has a, a dual nature. On one end, they have a 60-acre conservation farm where they cultivate foods that have been grown for 5,800 years, literally. But when you go to the seed school, all they encourage is seed breeding, seed breeding, breeding. That's, that's what's taking place right now, a massive movement of seed breeding, playing God, basically. They put us in a group at the seed school and told us to select characteristics of a breed that we thought was suitable. And I just stood there, and I couldn't participate. But I just couldn't, I'm in such awe and have such humility for nature that I know there's nothing I could ever do to even come close to equal the magnificence that she unfolds. So a guy a few days ago said, hey, there's nothing wrong with breeding plants. I'm like, well, it's not a right or wrong issue, but the bottom line is there's nothing a human can do that can equal the magnificence of nature. So how about this? Observing the plant kingdom and see those plants that nature intended to be food. And it's really that simple. They're trying to breed nutrition. A human can only breed mutation. That's all they can breed. You cannot improve upon the magnificence. So let's even start from that spiritual construct. Forget all the scientific anything that deals with the fact that nature created galaxies, black holes, massive stars, asteroids, comets, neutrons, pulsars, suns, nebulas, ecosystems, the original plant form. And a human can actually think they can improve upon the works of nature. But now we had to deal with a consciousness first. What kind of consciousness can, e can even resonate like that? And that's why ever since the 30s, tasting breeding, where they take some of the cultivars or mutated plants, the plants were already mutated, and then they expose them to either radiation or chemical solutions. And from that derive many of the plants that they call organic. Many of the plants that they use to breed other breeds came from those mutated forms. Each time you breed a plant, 
you take away its diversity. They say it adds diversity. Well, how is that? People don't study. They don't explore the scholarship or the science and then allow the intuition to really unfold the true answers. They rely on what the other guy says. So my question is, take a wild plant and put it beside a, a mutant and see which one will be infested upon, see which one that can be battleized. Now, I spoke about stem cells a few minutes ago. Now, the stem cell is the master cell of the body that can become anything. When the teeth need to regrow, they're there. When people exist within this world, not eating anything vital for their body. So how do their bodies still grow? and expand. How do, how do they live when nothing they put in their body has any life? Because we know that life begets life. Because there's a metabolic enzyme or a stem cell within the core of us that's constantly replenishing and rebuilding. Only thing is we're not revitalizing it. Because there's only one food that nature intended to revitalize our stem cell ability. And that's wild foods because like begets like, one original form to another. That which can revitalize. Touch on the, some you of the said, you said wild foods. Yeah, wild foods. You know, wild and indigenous foods. Foods that were. Yes. Now, I mean, I do understand what you're saying, but can you define that for a listener that might be like, what's wild food? You know what I'm saying? They might not be able to grasp what that means. They might be so far removed. Exactly. A wild food is plants that nature brought into being, that man had no uh, interference with their growth and their progression. These are the plants that have the original genetics because 99.999% of everything we eat is a breed and many uh, are part of that radiation breeding where they take seeds and place them in a, in a vacuole or in a chamber and expose them to radiation and then they take the byproduct of that and they breed it with something else and this breeding process goes on and on 5 to 10 years to create a breed so basically that's what WOW is. WOW has the resilience to exist for hundreds of thousands and millions and billions of years. It won't go extinct because it had that original genetic blueprint. I mean, it was made right. because vegeta vegetation has to remain as long as life remains on, on the planet. And only the plants that have the most resilient genetics are the ones that persevere. And that applies to animals right. and other species. And they say the first is the last. You know, and what they call bacteria or single-cell organisms, they've been found in environments that's inhospitable for any other life form. In the Antarctic, in the hottest of deserts, the frozen tundra, they have that tenacity to persevere like that. And, and that's pretty much what the core is. So when we look at these definitions, such as, you know, organic, not realizing that you can use radiation breeding 
It's still called something genetic. I mean, organic. You can you you can breed a hybrid. It's still called it organic. You can engage in genetic engineering where you take away the plant's ability to produce seeds and still call it organic. And what I really want to touch on is kind of the direction we're going in because the, the quality of food is becoming more degenerative by the day. And what we have to realize that we are a considerable contributor to that because supply and demand, the more that we buy, the more need they have to produce it, the more need they have to breed more. If we keep buying the breeds, they keep creating more breeds. And I don't know that we ever looked at our participation in this, not realizing that whatever store you go to, you buy it. I don't care if it's Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, it don't matter. Every, even many of the farms you go to, most of the farms, you still are supporting it. So now, how do we get around giving momentum to something of this statue? And that is basically redirecting that same focus gradually over time into that which is regenerative, that which brings back original genetic form. And that's pretty much what what my position is in, in the position of indigenous seed initiative is to bring back the original form. Because I can assure you over years to come at the rate that they're going in the eight different forms of plant breeding that they utilize now, and at the seed school, that's all they were talking about. All who they are in awe of because they master seed breeders. So the, the more you manipulate, the, the more respect you get. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the classroom, like, wait, am I the only one? A few of them was interested in the wild foods. I mentioned to them that they never have been attacked by any predators. They're resilient in the environment. They can hold their own. They really don't need to be taken care of. Now, we have to look at, you know, our lives in the position where we are. You know, what do we want to contribute to? What type of legacy do we leave for our children? Because you can assure the next 10 to 20 years when many of us are not around and they take our place, imagine what they would have to reckon with as far as food. Because food is the number one resource. And when we look at economics, we look at sustainability, we don't control any aspect of our life. Every aspect of our life is dependency. We depend on somebody else for the most basic essential needs. And since food is the first and the most important of the basic needs, that should be the one area that we begin to take control. And that's what this seed bank is about. But we have our own seeds. And over time, you know, through urban gardening, urban farming, begin to saturate, you know, certain areas with the dynamic of food. So different dynamics to it, not just the genetics of it, but the fact that the control. Somebody breeding the food, you can't control it. Because, you know, you're going to have many seeds that you can't even save the seeds, of course, that already exist now. So like in Africa, that's the position they're in. They can't produce any quality seeds, so they're vulnerable to 
the seeds that they're depriving of agriculture receives from the USDA and Monsanto, which is, I call it a big smoke screen. I just want to read an excerpt in this article that's to show the depths of this mutation breeding. I like the, the intro mentioned, far more sinister than Monsanto. Oh, by the way, speaking of Monsanto, they just gave Tuskegee University $1.5 million to build a plant breeding lab. So now they got bad press with their GMO. So Monsanto is switching gears, y'all. They're going to start plant breeding too, and they're going to use other people as they face. So when you see Tuskegee plant breeding, it's really Monsanto. They give, they're going to give money. A, a Monsanto rep called me, or he claimed he was a Monsanto rep, said that your people don't have the social responsibility to support their seed bank. It ain't no money in it. He said, I know wild foods are definitely legitimate. Ain't no money in them. And then suggested that I take an offer of a six-figure salary to plant breed. I'm like, are you kidding? You couldn't give me a 12-figure to plant breed. So I guess it was just a test to see what I made of because a lot of these people, even some of the people that's pro-wild foods, they still take money from Monsanto. Yeah, I got it from the court. Yeah, a lot of compromising. And Tuskegee was just in the midst of negotiating with the Nation of Islam where they were going to extend to them some expensive acreage to do a pretty good ag project. Well, that money changed direction. They knew Tuskegee was in need. They were desperate for money, and they took it. And a lot of the people out here who supposedly support the organic movement they're some of the biggest recipients of that Monsanto money. But don't surprise me. So now we look at mutated, mutation breeding. It is the process of exposing seeds to chemicals or radiation in order to generate mutants with desirable traits to be bred with other cultivars. Plants created using mutagenesis are sometimes called mutagenic plants or mutagenic seeds. From 1930 to 2007, more than 2,500 mutagenic plant varieties have been released that have been derived either as direct mutants or from their progeny. Crop plants account for 75% of these released mutated species. Mutation breeding is commonly used to produce traits in crops, such as larger seeds, new color, sweeter fruit that either cannot be found in nature or have been lost during so-called evolution. In the debate over genetically modified foods, the use of transgenic processes is often compared and contrasted with mutagenic processes while the abundance and variation of transgenic organisms in human food systems and their effect on agricultural biodiversity, ecosystem health, and human health is somewhat well documented. Mutagenic plants and their role on human food systems is less well known. With one journalist writing, 
though poorly known, radiation breeding has produced thousands of useful mutants and a sizable fraction of the world's crops, How? including varieties of rice, wheat, barley, pears, peas, cotton, peppermint, sunflowers, peanuts, grapefruit, sesame, bananas, cassava, and sorghum. Mutagenic varieties tend to be made freely available for plant breeding. In contrast to many commercial plant varieties on germplasm that increasingly have restrictions on their use, terms of use, patent, and proposed genetic user restrictions. Unlike genetically modified crops, which typically involve the insertion of one or two target genes, plants developed via mutagenic processes with radiation. Multiple and unspecific genetic changes have been discussed as a concern, but are not prohibited by the U.S. or other countries' organic standards. Somewhat controversially, several, several organic food and seed companies promote and sell organic products that were developed using both chemical and nuclear mutagenic. Why be damned? Several certified organic brands whose companies support strict labeling and outright bans on GMO market free use of branded wheat and other grains which were derived from mutagenic processes without any reference to this genetic manipulation. These organic products range Apologize. I didn't mean to cut you, brother. No, that's okay. That was just so profound for you to, 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 to read that sentence and say what you said. It's like, huh? Well, what am I missing here? This is all a hoax. You know, GMO was just, it was just front the whole time. <laughs> GMO was in front the whole time. Think about it. If, if you expose radiation or something, what does it become? It becomes not only radioactive, but it becomes unstable. An unstable isotope is what they call it. Right, free radicals, right? Yeah, that means it can it can constantly mutate into other forms uncontrollably, but they have no so, say on in, in the so dynamic of the form it takes on. Because it's, it's a free radical, so there's no predictability in regards to what it's going to do when it comes into contact, right? Because it's a free isotope. Exactly. Which is crazy. And we, uh, you know, I'm not so sentimental that I look at our Indiegogo page and saw that we had 852 visits. And all we received in donations was $460. I'm like, damn. I'm like, should I be scared or what? You know, I mean, to me, it's sort of dangerous to be, I mean, we have to understand the value of food. I mean, every species on this planet has to have food to survive. And you hear about people drinking tainted water and people eating some of the foods in some of these other countries and the health that's manifest from it. So there's so many implications that, 
how not only is something not vital for your existence and your being, but then it's going into your pocketbook, and then you helping to contribute. So when we look at how massive it becomes over the years, most of the people can thank themselves that they can happen because they can't sell the food to themselves. They only can sell it to other people. But those other people have a choice. Am I, am I going to play some type of role in creating real food so my children can have real food? People don't have to be exposed to deterioration. It don't matter how long you live. They say we live longer, you know, half the way there. So how are you really living? If you're mutating, you can't walk, you're on the cane, you're in hospice, somebody has to look after you. I mean, how are you really living? I mean, living is thriving and vibrating, not being stuck in a wheelchair. So we have to really reevaluate this, really evaluate it. You know, for, for, many, for many years, I farmed over 20 years. But when I started resonating to wild foods, it just took me on a whole different journey. And it's a, it's a fascination that it's, it's a certain energy from the foods. That's even watching them grow. That's different from those others. You know, it's just knowing that, you know, that you dedicated your life to make sure people have the, the very best possible food you're going to get in this country. And that's what the seed bank and the seed company represents. You know, 400 seed listings, wild plums, wild jackfruit, wild guava, of course, wild blackberries, wild strawberries. I mean, some of the most exquisite tropical foods. Because, of course, all the fruit we eat oh, is genetically engineered and hybridized. The bananas, and pineapples, oh, pretty much all of it. So now we have, we had to we had to look. Yeah. Can I, um, look at the yeah, I just want to segue and ask you if if you can. I uh, posted an article not too long ago that was speaking about the bananas and the fact that you know they um are using a particular strain of genetically uh, genetically modified strain for the banana, and this strain is breaking down, and they're in a rush, supposedly, to find a new strain that's resistant to, um, you know, these particular viruses that are wiping out the other strains. Uh, and then <clears throat> he posted the link to the documentary. I forget the name of the documentary that was explaining this whole aspect about how they came about to, um, you know, how I think, what was it, uh, Akita, one of those companies, when they went in there and they took over the banana trade and they decimated okay. the species and, and brought in a hybrid species and pretty much it's been one clone that has been creating the same bananas over and over and over that we've been eating, you know, and that, that particular strand is breaking down. Um, do you have any information on that, any knowledge on that that you can share with the audience? Well, I had, this, I had this documentary. It's on YouTube. It's called Fruit Hunters Part 1 and 2. And it actually yeah. gives you footage on a guy that's creating the new banana right now that's going to replace this, the Cavendish because they said it has basically genetically ran its course. And when you mutate these foods, yeah. they the more you breed them, 
the less their life expectancy is. Right, right, right. And That's what they were saying. And they had to breathe. They had to breathe more, and it becomes an ongoing thing. But the food gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Yeah, but Fruit Hunters yeah. Part One and Part Two. I mean, it's 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 interesting. It just shows how they have all these commercially available fruits are basically created by way of genetic engineering and breeding. Yeah. They're laying it all out. You know, yeah. they're laying it all out. And it's basically a reflection of us. People can only do that. When the people don't take responsibility to provide for self, now you get a commercial industry opportunity to take control. So it's not so much your we can look at in my center to me, look what they doing. Or look at uh ADM, look what they doing. No, look what we allowed to happen. Look what we did not do. Look at the responsibility that we did not take. That's what it boils down to. I mean, I, I work a job. I work 55 hours a week just to, to do everything I can to come up with the resources for the feed stock that I feel, you know, depending on this Indiegogo page has not been uh, feasible at all. And I know that we crisis-oriented, so, I mean, do we really just want a, a complete collapse before we start responding? <laughs> like, really? I mean, does it have to come well, down to that? I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to give the T-Shirt audience an out, and I'm like, maybe they didn't, they didn't know that you had an Indiegogo campaign, so let's not make that up, but let's not make that mistake twice. You know, let's give them the thorough information that we need to to inform them about this particular campaign. Where is it at? Is that Indiegogo? What do they have to put into the search engine? How many days are left for this particular campaign? You know, what's the level of funding? What can they do? How can people participate in this? You know, what's the level of seriousness? I think we've already established that. But what can they now do? You know what I'm saying? Now that they have the information in their hands, how can they empower themselves to participate? Well, the campaign has just a little bit over two days left. We're considering ex- extending it through a Kickstarter page. You know, we were trying to raise $5,300, and that was to buy the original seed stock of 400 varieties, along with some basic seed cleaning equipment and packaging. You know, to date, we've only raised $461. But like I said before, we had about 850 visitors to the site. And just in retrospect, each person could have gave $10. That had been well over, you know, what was required. So, you know, it's Indiegogo, and the page is Indigenous Seed Initiative. You know, our objective is to, to bring it to form a seed bank slash seed company. And our mission is to influence people to not only grow their own, but save their own. Because here in Houston, the city of Houston has made the entire city an agriculture district. So our objective here is to create a local food economy. Since it can be, you can plant year-round and produce year-round, the objective is to provide food to the locals 
creating a local economy, cutting out the middle person, and basically building an infrastructure and begin to allow that to help the, the seed company and the seed bank expand. Of course, it, it requires that we have more than one, but we have to start from somewhere because I don't know if people realize it, but there's nowhere in this country, nor Africa, that us indigenous people have a seed bank or a seed company. So we, once we, once again, that well, 100% dependency. That's a, that's a formula for extinction. You know, when, when I watch species in nature, even though the same species, wasps or bees, I notice that they they sustain self. The yellow jackets pin on the, the honeybees, nor the carpenter bees. Everything holds its own, except us. You know, so it, it just at so at certain a certain point, we really have to make some serious adjustments. I went to a I went to a compost workshop years ago, and it was in 2000, yeah, 2000, no, 1999. And what was interesting was they had their farm had been in existence. 1789, and it's still here. I'm like, wow. And I saw the grandfather, the father, and the son. And I started reflecting on what legacies that we have for two generations, let alone 200 years, you know. And I think what happens is that when you don't take the responsibility to provide for yourself and depend on others, they don't have your best interest in man. They will give you the most degenerative, watered-down form of whatever it is you need. But, of course, when you think of yourself, you have your best interest in man more so than the next person. It's the same with what we put into our bodies, you know. So many reports on the way people's body has responded to, you know, a lot of these mutations. And as time goes on, it only... It only go deeper into the decline. It never gets better. Unless you go back to the original form. It's the only thing that makes it better. It can change the face of agriculture. You know, so like I said, log on to Indiegogo, Indigenous Seed Initiative. And please help us bring this seed bank into fruition. Once the seed bank comes into fruition, and we begin to produce all the seeds on the farm, and even in Belize, everything tropical. They have a wild food oasis where people can go on a refuge, and everything they put into their body is wild. Because we don't get that in this country. Anything tropical that comes over here is seriously adulterated. You know, so that's something we really want to be mindful of. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. Um, how do you feel about greenhouse farming? Because, you know what I'm saying, we're talking about things being grown in wild. Is it so much about, you know, the actual seeding, or is it actually really about, you know, it growing in wild and not in a controlled environment? Look, I mean, I'm really not for greenhouse farming, but at the same time, if it's a way that we can feed ourselves, rather than depending on somebody else, then I'm for it. 
I know that many of us stay in the northern hemisphere of the United States and don't have that feasibility like, you know, being out here in the south, particularly in, in the Gulf area, Louisiana or, F- or Florida, where you can pretty much produce year-round. So, but every place does have a period throughout the year that you can produce. So my suggestion is it's produced during the time frame that the normal weather conditions exist, and then just to either start the season off earlier or, or to prolong it, then a greenhouse would be feasible for that. Indeed. Any, any other questions? Um, I definitely wanted to get your take. I think that, you know, I may have asked you this before, but this question never gets tired because oftentimes, you know, outside of GMO and, and Monsanto, when we hear about uh, plants in, in the news right now, they're talking strictly about marijuana and medical marijuana and that farming process. Can you speak to us about that level of breeding and what exactly those seeds might possibly be going through because we know that they're hybrid. Uh, but what else is going on with this particular industry that has become the focal point of the U.S. economy? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I guess some of the things out here don't really come across me. I'm not always able to reply to certain things. Yeah, but that is interesting, though, definitely. You said it's a, you said that's a what now? No, I was saying that uh, I'm not too familiar with what you, what you had just mentioned, and I was saying that a lot of things I don't get a chance to come across. You know, I guess a lot of times, you know, the focus, not so much tunnel vision, but the focus, you still keep that peripheral, but yet you still, you know, kind of focus on directly on things at the same time. So that's pretty much who I am right now. No doubt. Absolutely. Um, okay. I did have another question. I'm just trying to track back, you know, in my mind to remember what was it. The chat room is asking, did you say anything about a YouTube uh, clip called Fruit Consciousness? You said you did say Fruit Hunters, correct? Right, Fruit Hunters, part one and part two. And two, right. Okay. Now, in your research, in your in your school, in your class, what have you, did they speak about any evidence of scientific research that shows what effects mutated plant life has on human cells? Was there anything, you know, did, did anybody make that connection? Are there any studies out there that are doing this, this research, level of research? Uh, not, not, not to that extent, but I, I do know from the, the years of study that I've engaged in anatomy and physiology, and the genetics of this, I know that the DNA sequencing is a match. But one thing about one thing about DNA that its, it's expression is determined by nutrition. 
Mm. And what happens is if nutrition can, is can not you, there. Can you please repeat that. I was saying that the way genes express themselves is determined by nutrition. So basically, wow. nutrition determines genetic expression. So if certain nutrients are not present, then certain genetic traits go as another form of mutation. Got it. And that's pretty much all that we have encountered, you know, in, in the food world. Right. So it's, it's only feasible to, um, you know, for one to conclude from what it is that you're saying that pretty much, you know, in so many words, we are mutated species at this particular point. You know, I, I speak often about the fact that if a child was raised for his first seven years, you know, originally we were talking about GMO foods, but now, you know, we got the information we were talking about mutated foods, period. You know, then that person technically has to be a mutant, correct? Exactly. You know, so we're, we're mean, talking about a mutated species. You know, um, is there any reversing that, you know, once the, the coding happens with the DNA or the genetic sequence and there are certain things that are reconfigured, right, based on, I'm guessing, whatever the gene sequence thinks is adaptability, is taking in this information from this, uh, you know, from this, this, from this, this, this foreign food, and that it, it, it's adapting it into its, um, its, its DNA and sequence code. Is there any way to undo that once it's already done? Exactly, and that's the reason why I pretty much set up that question unknowingly when I talked about embryonic stem cells. And, you know, exactly what they are. They are the original form. And wild foods are the only foods on the planet that have embryonic stem cells cultivars that come from wild foods and maybe a generation after that is adult stem cells. So the food still has revitalizing substance, but it doesn't have the master gene. See, the master gene is like the joker on a deck of cards. It can become any card. So any life form that's possible to come into fruition comes by way of a stem cell. So yes, definitely can be reversed. No doubt about it. Especially when the the wild foods are alive, when they're raw. Right. When they're when they're electrical. So, right. I, I speak often about the experience I had last year when I went to Houston for the very first time, and um, just getting off of the plane, I felt this kinetic energy. My hair started standing up, which to me, you know, speaks to this a lot of uh, electricity in, in, in that environment. And then, um, you know, we got on the highway, and the first thing that I commented on was vegetation and the way that it grow. It grew so wild out there. And I'm like, okay, this is why I'm feeling this energy because it reminded me of Miami. You know, when I used to go down to Florida, I used to feel the same thing, you know, and I, I identified the fact that that food, you know, in that particular region was everything was growing wild. And it just had that that charge in it, you know. And um, 
you know, are there any places, any other places in the states that you visited where you've been able to identify uh, some of this food growing in the wild that just has that energy that we're talking about, people can identify with? Yes, yeah, even down here in Houston. You know, I see purslane, I see lamb quarters, sorrel. So, yes, there's, there's, some, there's some wild species growing out here, definitely. And those two right there, they go back thousands of years. Thousands of yes. years. I remember some guy telling me, oh, well, everything is breeded. I'm like, no. I said, well, what do you call everything? Everything commercially? Yeah. But, but not all plant forms are breeded. Irish moss is wild. No, that's the thing. Yeah. No breed of no breed of cultivated plant. Not only could not it could it not go back three point one billion years, it can't even go back millions. It can't even go back thousands. That's how mm-hmm. recent it is. When you think about some, for something to be around for, for for three billion years, and we wonder why we three, give three billion. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, you know, oftentimes we throw numbers out and people are, like, really confused with numbers. Because, you know, they got people in all this game telling them that, you know, humans been on the earth for, some people say, according to the Bible, right, 6,000 years. And then these other people are like, well, we got we got evidence and proof that we've probably been here for 40,000 years and 60,000 years. And I think that it's so funny, you know, this arrogance that man has about, being such a dominating species on this planet or on this galaxy, but yet not seeing his connection or not giving any respect or reverence to the plant kingdom, to the insect kingdom, to the animal kingdom, and we're talking about species that have been here for millions of years. Some of them, like you said, like Seamoss, uninterrupted, billions of years, you know, and in Earth years or so it seems how so much changes on this planet within the span of five or ten years as humans as we're able to witness, you know, the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years how things change so much, you know, a hundred years. You know, this country is not even five hundred years old. So when we put these numbers out, people you know, slavery ain't even five hundred years old, family. But we talking about these plants been here for billions of years doing their thing. Okay? And yet man's going to come along with his information and his knowledge and think that he can do one up on that. Exactly. That's arrogance of a whole nother level. You a know? whole nother level. He can't even get his goddamn story right for his own birth record. <laughs> One minute he's telling me, there was not a time when man did not exist. And then they turn around the next day and be like, oh, you know, we've been here for 6,000 years and, you know, we, we you know, 4,000 years ago, we were able to build complex structures and, you know, uh, <laughs> enact mathematical strategies and equations and build shit that we can't figure out today. So are you advancing or, you know, are, are you uh, going backward as a species? What if, you know, your intelligence says that you're getting stupider. So how are you going to fucking survive if, if we're talking about evolution? Because you you're not that smart as a species. And the people that you're telling me was created in test tubes are the ones that are making all the breakthroughs today. So, you know, you get kind of confused when 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 you try when you start listening to man. 
You know exactly. what I'm saying? And this very jacked up account of who he is, where he came from, and how long he's been here. But these plants, on the other hand, tell a lie. You know what I'm saying? The ones that have these antiquated birth records that have been here forever, that have the information still intact. You know, let's talk about the mycelium for a second. You know, how long has that been here? About 2.7 billion years. So sea moss has been here longer than mycelium? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, what they call bacteria and then blue-green algae, and then came the fungi after that. It's the third order of the kingdom. See, fungi yeah. don't have that, that versatility. I mean, bacteria is the only thing that can be found in, in any unhospitable environment. Fun, fungi, or my feeling, it existed in its early in the early form as what they call lichen, which is a symbiotic combination of algae. How the, through, through the geological process, the rocks begin to take us a gradual transformation into soil where the algae would take the sunlight and can and transform it into a carbohydrate. The fungi will take in the carbohydrate and release inorganic acids on the rocks and they begin to, to slowly dissolve the minerals from the rocks. And the rest is history. So mm. I mean these these life forms they both go back so far. And they shape so much of the world that we see in the today. And without them, life as we know cannot even exist. Yes, indeed. You know, this is, um, again, like I said, you know, it's profound information every time that I hear it. It's just mind-blowing because we, we the perception of these numbers, you know. Right. Well, well the one like, thing I realized... about how much... <laughs> You know, think about how much confusion, you know, the historical record of this planet has fallen into just about the last 2,000 years. They can't agree on nothing. But we're talking about a species that has been intact for billions of years. They knew enough to be able to adapt and survive. But you would come here, which is, and, and, and I want to partake, in that particular substance in regards to feeding yourself and getting that particular genetic code of survival in your body, but you would want to eat something uh, that was made in the lab, something that's mutated. I don't I don't get people, you know. They are a weird lot. And I guess it's about that crisis orientation. When it gets very severe and hits the fan, then it's time to respond. But, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit too late. Sometimes it can be a little too late, bro. You know, I'm telling the family, yes, recently I had the opportunity to travel up into Northern California and go a little bit further north and and end up in Oregon. And Oregon seems like it has a very sustainable culture in regards to, you know, how the people see themselves and the connection to the land. You know, um, Jackson County is the only place uh, in this particular country where 
they uh, have vowed to keep Monsanto out, and they passed legislation fighting tooth and nail. Actually, when you come across the border, right, when you come from Oregon and going to California, they have they have police at the border. They got you know like a um, like border watch, and the border watch that they have at the border, they're looking to see if you are bringing any plants or fruits from Oregon into California because they don't allow any mixing of the species. So you can't bring non-GMO food or non-Monsanto food or Monsanto-controlled um, area. So to me, what I was saying, I'm like, oh, this shit is like the Monsanto is an extension of, of the military-industrial military complex because that's how they was treating it. You know, yeah. they're saying that they have a population subjugated by the food. The food is their weapon, and they want to make sure that their biological weapon receives no interference from anything that's non-weaponized in the form of food. This shit is deep. I'm like, are you serious? They're like, nah, you can't bring nothing from over there over here. And it's not vice versa. You know what I'm saying? You would think that they had guards at the border of Oregon protecting to, to keep the non, you know, the, um, the GMO stuff out. But the corporations want to make sure that you don't get the real shit in to the fake world. And yeah, that's okay. It's like, I, I don't know if people are, are, are getting this. I guess complacency has just set so far in. I guess that's why they say, like, it's up. Right. So, family in the chat room. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. Finish your thought, please. Uh, You know, in South Africa, they mentioned how the revolutionaries were young. They went old. You know, that new young blood. Yes. Please, bro. Yes, they had young, yeah, young blood. You know, young revolutionary spirit. The family in the chat room is asking: Is there anywhere um, where they can obtain wild food now? You know, where is the species still intact outside of what we're talking about developing for the seed bank? Is there anywhere that they can look in there? Uh, Local communities. Yeah, well, it's pretty much summer in most of the country, so it's just a matter of knowing it when you see it. You know, a lot of a lot of the wild stuff is definitely out there. You know, I've seen it in Georgia, here, Chicago, Mississippi, places that I've lived and I it grew there. Wow. Back then, hmm. when I wasn't familiar, I would get a book on wild edible edible plants, and then I I, I give a walkthrough like every month. Certain books would tell you when the plants bloom, but they're sort of relative because it depends on where you're at and where they were writing the book. So you had to pretty much picture that you see, and every every four to six weeks, make a run a walkthrough to see if you observe it. And you know, physically, you can get familiar with wild plants. 
And you know, in time, you pretty much have radar for you. Know, you just you just gravitate to it without without even thinking unknowingly. I think I just picked a like a quarter shopping bag full of uh, wild onions. So that's a, you know, that's, that's a seed stock right there. Now we just grow them out. And when you think about it, when you grow them out, no matter when you plant them, one thing you can be assured of, when they come back next year, they're going to come back the same time they did had you not even pulled them. Remember growing sorrel, three different t- planted three different times in a year. But when they came back next year, they all came back at the same time. That's how you know it's wild because now it's aligning itself with the electromagnetic field of the earth. It's not so much based on the first day of spring, but it's that electromagnetic alignment that awakens the plant. That's wild. A cultivar is not nowhere near, it's not even capable of resonating like that under no conditions. Yes. And now I want to reiterate because we very well may have some people listening for the first time, you know, and may have never heard this information um, transmitted from you before. I don't want to miss the opportunity. Let's give them a little bit of information pertaining to um, what, what they call heirloom seeds as well. Because I've been trying ever since the last episode, I have been attempting to, uh, you know, get this information to people out in my passings, and, and I've emailed the link of the show around to a lot of folks. But if you can pretty much sum it up, can you explain to them what's the hats with the heirloom seeds as well? Because that's, you know, people be running around, so they talk about heirloom this, heirloom that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Even in seed school, they their conclusion was the same as mine, is that there's really no such thing. Because it's not a set criteria. If you go to Russia, China, New Zealand, Antarctica, or France, an atom will mean the same thing. But I don't see eight to ten different meanings for heirloom. It means one of the general meanings is a species that has been passed down for a couple of some generations. It don't specify how many generations. But basically, that's intuitively, I have said a long time ago, that an heirloom was nothing but a stabilized, pollinated hybrid. In the seed school, they said the same thing. They said all of these heirlooms were created by way of plant breeding, a process called de-hybridization. I've learned to look at words, looking at the prefix of a word. And whenever you see D-E in front of a word, it means to take away, like decrease. Mm-hmm. Right. De-hybridized. De-nationalized, right. So somebody told me, well, see, the heirlooms in a hybrid, they create diversity. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you observing? How are you creating diversity if you cross two species and the end result, different characteristics, depending on how many plants you use? You take one of those characteristics and you set it aside and you discard the other. What are you doing? You're taking away the diversity. Because the only thing that's continuing down the generations is just that one 
particular trait that you set aside. All the other traits that came out of those two have been discarded. That's, that's taken away. That's why they call it dehybridization. But why do they they giving they creating diversity? I'm like that's not diversity. That's just you creating more mutated forms. If you want to call it diversity. Yeah, so what they do is they take two species and they cross them. And you heard me mention about a desirable trait. And when they look at the different species, one would be predominant one parent, one would be predominant the other parent, and everything else is kind of percentages and variations of the two. When you come to that desired trait and you set it aside, you plant it. And you, once again, you set aside only the species that look exactly like the one that you planted. And you do that between five and ten years, and you would have taken a hybrid, converted into an heirloom. Everything is breeded, all of it. If it ain't wild, it's breeded. I don't care what it is. Because that's the original form. Plants with either a perennial where around the same time every year from the roots, the plant would establish new growth and emerge. Or self-seeded, like amaranth or callaloo. It self-seeds. It drops the seeds in the ground and it grows back in that shit. And it does it over and over for hundreds and thousands of years. <clears throat> that's the only thing that's viable. Everything else is breeded. Broccoli, as we know it, derived by four the 500 years of continuous breeding to derive in what we see today. Wow. And they talk about how broccoli got all these nutrients. Like, how is that possible? Four, right. 500 years of breeding, and you're telling me it's anti-cancer? Yeah, right. I don't know. Couldn't be. <laughs> Impossible. Don't believe the hype. They're trying to get you Don't to believe the hype. Because next to cabbage, you know, broccoli is the Why are people so fanciful about the hype? Like, they going for the hype headline and thinker. They really think they're doing something with the, uh, you know, the heirloom thing. You know. <clears throat> and companies are constantly breeding new heirlooms. matter of fact, if a person wants to get organic standards farming, right now, uh, Johnny Selective Seed, of change, the USDA, and some amateur plant breedings are creating new breeds made specifically for organic production. That means that these new breeds going to do away with even what they call the heirlooms. At least some of these heirlooms have been around some maybe 60, 70, 80 years best. Even those would be discarded. It's almost imagine taking an original copy that you just printed on a printer you go to a copy machine and you make a copy of it. And you take that copy and you make a copy of it. And you take that copy and you do it 50, 60, 70, 80 times. What is the comparison between the original draft and that copy? I'm questioning if you, if you size them up, they will look distinctively different. Well, ain't no different from the genetics. Distinctively different. Of a mutant, of a mutant, of a mutant, of a mutant. I mean, the original had one pair of chromosomes. They got plants that got 30 or 40 sets of chromosomes. Like, really? I mean, that's, that's a mass mutation there. 
<laughs> and that's what we're dealing with. So the universe has placed it in our hands, and we got to move forward with it. It, it wouldn't bad no fortune that I just happened to come across even to resonate on wild foods to this degree. I didn't plan on doing it. I just saw myself moving in that direction, and I just went with it. Right. This thing, this thing has a way of talking to you. It has a way of drawing you into it. And I realized that the more you focus on something, the more you become aware of it. Absolutely. And I learned that, that much brainstorming we do, all the answers that we ever could need in this life are already here. That's what yes, meditation is about. Quieting the mind. Why quiet the mind? Because when the mind is at rest, intuition will express. When the mind is occupied, mm. intuition is denied. Mm. People ask me, how did you right. know this? I just quieted the mind. I mean, I mean, in humility, I know nature could do far superior than anything I could. So why would I sit here and think when she got the answer? All I got to do is just quiet the mind. Yeah, she bad. An act, act of humility. For George Washington Carver That's all he did He was no genius He just loved what he did He just loved him back I love what That's I right. do And he loved you That's right brother And we are honored to have you You know as an asset You know on our team You know um, I want you one more time To remind the family And let them know Where the campaign is being held at And how they participate Please. The Indiegogo page, link on to Indiegogo.com and look under Indigenous Seed Initiative. Indigenous Seed Initiative. The campaign is running just for two more days. It ran for a total of 44. The reason why we use 44 because in acrophonetics, the eight energy or the letter H has a greater tenacity to draw wealth. You look at many of the wealthy mm. people in the world, you're going to see letter H in their name, like the Michaels and the Johnson, especially among our people. You know, JV, Sean. draws wealth? Yeah, the H or, uh, or the letter Z, which is 2 and the 6, 26 is 8. And also the seventeenth letter. The one and the seven is the eight. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know? I can tell you hundred percent. So just in case, you know, the people miss this two day um interval, you know what I mean? Some people's checks might be clearing on Friday or what have you, you know, they might have to wait to the beginning of the of the quote unquote new month to make a um, contribution outside of the campaign? Is there anything else that they can do to contribute and participate? Yeah. How can they get in contact with you? You know, let them know, please. Right. Well, we have a website. We're waiting on this domain to be released. And that website is indigenousseedinitiative.org. Once again, that's indigenousseedinitiative.org. We will have a donate link on the page. We are 
a nonprofit or unincorporated association. And so basically any contributions anyone makes is tax deductible, 50%. If you donate 50, you get 25 back. If you donate 100, you get a tax credit of 50. Mm. And uh, that page may not be up for a couple of days, so I would give my email, which is uh, natures with an S, farms with an S, at yahoo.com. Nature Farms. Right, natures with an S, farms with an S, at yahoo.com. Okay. Do you have any contact number on the back end that they might be able to call or leave any messages to? Sure, they can call 773-575-7309. Once again, that's 773-575-7309. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's do this. When you're ready, I do have some hands up in the call queue. People are calling. I'm sure that they have questions. Sure. You can take some questions from the callers whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Absolutely. No further ado, let me go to caller from the 469-469-335-469 caller. Ace. Go to caller from the 401-401-556 family. Questions, comments, or concerns, now is the time. Press 1. We will bring you into the bill. Call up in the 401 piece. Follow from the 401-556. Greetings, peace. Guess not. Go to the 860-860-680. Call up from the 860. Please call up. Hey, what's up, guys? Peace, brother. Yeah. Peace. Yeah, peace. Hello, again, Karen Miller. Um, my question in regards to even with... Herbs, in particular, how come the herbs have not been so attacked with this type of manipulation going on with these so-called corporate monsters? Besides the fruits and vegetables, isn't the herbs more like any any form of herbs from the ones that used to do the heal? Are they under attack too? Over this type of um, snake modifying type of Frankenstein typeism? Like to call it? The collard is a hybrid of the cabbage, which is the original form. No, I'm not talking about I'm talking about regular herbs. Besides the ones like the sea moss, to the Irish moss, to the, um, I could, it's hard to name, um, type of plant they use for the bodies to heal people. Aren't they under a so-called attack too? Or God's manipulation? Since they are you could completely manipulate all of the fruit. So last my check, I think it was a decade or two, there was 6% of all fruits and vegetables were, like, modified. Now, we, at this time, it's over close to 100% of all of them modified now. That's true. But, you know, but one thing we realize about the reviews in nature, nature will never allow all foods to succumb to such a thing. Only the food, see, the food that they 
do that too, they was always already mutated to begin with. They never take anything wild. They left the wild fools alone because they wasn't desirable for commercial marketing purposes because they were smaller in size. Wild strawberries are smaller. Blueberries, I mean, most of your fruits were smaller in size. They want to market things that have a larger appearance and so forth. So that pretty much uh, negated anything wild. Mm-hmm. As, far as, as far as the herbs, uh, you, know, you have four categories of herbs. Most people focus on the three categories. That is, herbs that relieve symptoms, you know, such as anti-inflammatories, diuretics, herbs that cleanse and detoxify, and then those that are tonics, you know, like uh, ginseng, hawthorn berry, heart tonic, or lily the valley, broom, with the circulatory tonics, chase berry, salt pimento, you know, prostate tonic. They strengthen in tone. And now we're talking about a nutritive herb, which is really a wild food. All nutritive herbs are wild foods. Wild yam, I mean, uh, sea moss is a nutritive herb, but it's also a wild plant. Same for Irish moss? No, I would say, no, that applies more so to land plants, not sea vegetation. Okay. Okay. Sea vegetation is strictly nutritive. But a lot of your wild vegetation, the, the DNA is very similar. It's just some, I'm not going to say adaptation. I'm going to say uh, specialization that took on, it could be suitable for land growth, you know, which is, di- which is different from adaptation. Adaptation only occurs to things that was already mutated to begin with. A wild plant on its own would never just go mutant like that. It can't happen. Okay, so um, are you familiar with uh, a particular plant, or I think it's a tree, I'm not sure what it is, but it's called black mica. Have you heard that? Called, what is it called black, again? Black mica. Mm-hmm. I, I heard of mica, oh, okay. but not black. Black mica, okay, okay, all right. Um, all right. No, it's asking. You never heard of it, it's okay. Um. What else I could say? Um, well, herbs. Okay. Now, the reason I asked about even with the herbs in particular, cause I don't really have access to sea moss like that, like the one before. Uh, if I check the pills. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I that. But at times, I, I never think of usually things coming out the ocean, particularly that or maybe Irish moss, but I think sea moss might be more, more stronger than that. that sea moss and Irish that, moss right. is the same thing, brother. Okay. All right, good, good. The same, um, same plant. Yeah, yeah, um, there's a company called Maine Coast. And uh, all of this stuff comes off the coast of Maine, the Atlantic Ocean, and that area, no oil spills, so let's put some of the cleanest water in this area. And they have things such as sea lettuce, you know, dose, wakame, kelp, and some other forms of sea vegetation that, you know, you commonly don't hear about. And those are excellent sources of nutrition. But, you know, that's, those are the original forms of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they, if, they, if they didn't grow along the seashore, of course, nature didn't design them for us. They were uh, some of the other life forms in the water. Mm-hmm. That's why when plants begin to come forth on land, the first place 
that they colonized was off the, on the seashore, like wild cabbage, sea kale, sea beets, the, the original chard. All of them came from the seashore. And they, they're part of our present sea catalog now. Okay. So you can always, you can always. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you go ahead. I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. Um, and another thing, and one thing, uh, even a big issue, even with the fish, I, I think it was particularly um, the Blue Pill was posted on his page about how people still consume the fish and seeing how the fish are dying all over the sea. Right. Well, I think it's when nature within time to even what what man is doing now to try to um kill off just the ecosystem alone to really find ways to repair like certain trees or certain certain things that has not much as the contaminants or things that put an attack as certain certain um elements or trees out there that cannot be damaged by these certain um attacks. And that's what. I, well, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. Because I feel if nature is so much so much more advanced than us, and man is taking his hold to try to manipulate as best as possible to try to kill off nothing, to kill off people, it's like a lot of work over time to really do so much money and research to find that, that that's the, the it, and then eventually either nature, a few of it might die, but something will replace itself if, it, if, if nature works in that type of form. Right. If a man can't destroy, you know, saying something that's been here for billions of years, am I right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think perfect example is, is a forest fire. You notice, days after a forest fire, start seeing new life come. So, in one mm-hmm. sense, the so-called the so-called destruction was only a platform for the emergence of another life form. That's how nature works. There's one book I got on the evolution of plants. They talk about all these mass extinctions of, of plants. But, of course, they never went to the whole earth. It was just to certain parts that endured more of the geological transformation. You know, you know, a lot of the plate movements, you know, colliding of certain continents, you know, brought forth this so-called yeah. cataclysm. Right. But there's always... a a, a, a remnant of nature that always continues on. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess everything is answered, and you know, trying to push thought. May I have to look at some maybe that deal with plants more in a better perspective? Because I only have certain books that talk about other, but never really found a book that really talks in about plants, wildlife like that. Still, you know, so much.
went into my mind some of the conversations that I've had over the past, past few weeks with people about, you know, possibly making some moves and things that are necessary and need to be done in, in, in regards to the sustainability of the species and the continuity of, you know, of us, you know what I'm saying, as a people. And, um, you know, I I just been getting a lot of uh, thought, you know, people telling me, oh, that sounds like a great idea, you know, but I don't really see the willingness from those same people to participate in any way other than giving their opinions, you know, um, where does your level of optimism come from? If, if you step back and you need to really look at this thing and you're like, damn, there's a planet with about 6 billion people on it and, you know, there might be 100 people on the planet that have maybe, you know, lived their life just eating real food. And maybe I'm being a little bit naive, you know what I'm saying, because of where I'm at and we have a tendency to think that everything that happens in this particular country is, is duplicated everywhere else outside of the country, and we know that's not the truth. But they make it seem like food is such a major issue, and, you know, nigga, you need to shut up. If you're in America, you got the best stuff available on the planet. You know, that's how they have you feel. You know, do you think that this, this conversation or this communication can actually... Um, there's enough time. Do you think there's enough time for it to catch on and connect with the people? You know, if we're dealing with this race of hybridization and mutation, you know, are there any people left to receive this message? Interesting question. I, I said that nature offers recourse. So one of the elders, you know, talked about cosmic alignment. I'm looking at the, the, the Mayan construct and how yes. cosmologically consciousness is, is pretty much determined. And we pretty yes. much are on the, on, the, on the decline end of that. So it takes us a lot longer to awaken out of this state than other people. But I know, you know, nature definitely has recourse. And I had to, I had to remember that, you know. And this, this even something for me to, to have to address, and that is, though I feel as though everybody should respond. I mean, not everybody, but a considerable amount of people should respond and and align themselves with this, or a matter of having patience and allow for it to happen, not when I think it should, but when it's supposed to. That's pretty much, you know, what I have to face from time to time. You know, am, am I not patient enough? And then realizing that all these lessons that I encountered through our life that dealt with patience and tolerance, and this is like one of those segments in life where you really have to utilize it. And sometimes even though you may have to make this greatest sacrifice to help catapulted off the ground where it could have been easier as many other people shift in and contributed. You know, my thing is it just makes me stronger, you know, more committed, more uh, resilient, you know, and I accept it. Definitely mentally strong. I mean, definitely uh, focused. 
you know, that's relentless, you know, no matter how the cars are stacked. You feel as though, you know, perseverance is, you know, the soon to come. But you, you just keep at it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that, brother. You know, thank you for that. Let's go to another caller. Okay. See your hand up. Caller from the 917 9173 these are the most, uh, at least in my opinion, the more, the more, the most powerful dialogues that the, the KTL University put puts forward. Because I don't think a lot of people really I, understand I so. the magnitude. You know, so I, I, I had to call I and just, so, just to say that. No, absolutely, I, I totally agree. I, I do have a, a question for Mr. Miller, um, and I wanted to get his. Uh, Perspective on the, on a couple of things. Uh, I guess the first one would be um, if he can explain a little bit. I guess his view or his perspective on on soil and the importance of soil. Yes, and well, I mean, I mean, because I, I, there are various kinds of soils with different nutrient constructs for different kinds of plants. But I think um, at least. Uh, you know, from my limited experience in terms of, uh, you know, uh, my research and conversing with folks, um, it just seems that a lot of people, um, they may have great knowledge uh, or have some kind of knowledge based on their, their reading of plants and things of that nature, but it always seems when I ask the question about soil, they seem not to have uh, that much information. So I just wanted to get your perspective on on. Uh, the importance of soil and understanding the kind of soil that you're working with when you're farming. Hello? 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 Brother's line just dropped. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he's going to be calling in, you know. All right, cool. In a moment's time. Brother, were you in for the entire program? Oh, no question, man. No question. Uh, you know, I, when I, I when I have these programs, I'm keyed in mentally. I'm like, hope my brother Goff is in the audience. Got to be hearing this one. Look, yeah, let me uh, open this brother's line back up. Brother Terrence, oh, seven seven three. Yes, welcome back. Greetings. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Miller, I'm not sure if you you heard me before your line dropped. Yeah, I know you were asking me about, you know, the different aspects of soil. Yes. The importance of it. Yes. And the thing, the thing about soil is that since it came by way of, you know, geological processes, mm-hmm. that and soil has what they call fractions. You know, you have the, the you know, the, the, the huge rocks they call sedimentary, and you have the igneous and metamorphic, mm-hmm. and then from that, the remaining of that was broken down into what they call fractions. That's gravel and then mm-hmm. sand, silty clay. 
the sand, silt, and clay formed what we know as soil. Originally, it didn't have no organic matter. It took, you know, millions and millions and millions of years of different algae forms to take the, the sunlight and convert it into organic matter. And that's when soil began to produce organic matter. As far as the minerals in the soil, basically all soils have the same minerals. The degree of the minerals differs, but the, but the key is the biology. It unlocks the substance within the soil. That way, through heavy rains, different adverse weather conditions, it assures that under natural conditions, undisturbed, the nutrients will not be washed away. And those mm-hmm. organisms, they, they help awaken the nutrients right when the plant needs them. So it's, a, it's an intuitive connection between the biology and the plant. Well, they synchronizing on the same frequency where one releases when the other is able to absorb. And in between them periods, it doesn't. So, you know, they, they really synchronize them. And in soil today, you know, there's, a, there's a fallacy that says soil is depleted. And I tell people soil is made up of 100% mineral rock. So mm-hmm. if, the, if the nutrients were depleted, it would, you wouldn't physically see soil. It's almost like saying uh, hydrogen is depleted in the ocean. Right. So that was, you wouldn't have no water. <laughs> and it's really so, so. Let me ask you. So, what are you? What are your thoughts when you when you when when you hear someone say, "Well." Because of the color of this specific soil, this is a red soil. So this red soil is less uh, nutrient rich than, say, a darker soil. Um, if all soils have the same nutrient construct, and I know it, it depends on area and all of that. I guess what I'm trying to understand a, a bit more about soil is um, uh, what. I guess maybe maybe climate. Maybe I just answered my own question. Climate and uh, area would probably, uh, I guess, uh, determine the nutrient richness of a specific soil. And I was, I'm just trying to get a bit of more insight on determining the uh, what's a nutrient rich because I understand that some dark soils are not or considered as uh, as being nutrient rich. I mean, I mean, I guess in your experience. Uh, you have an insight on dealing with different types of soil and um, looking at them as being nutrient-rich, or does soil work as uh, uh, DNA structures, uh, in your opinion, where certain things could be cut off based on uh, uh, climate? Well, all climate does, in essence, is determine how much or how less organic matter. In high climates, organic matter dissipates quicker and cooler climates is slower. So climate pretty much doesn't really determine the nutrient activity, but more so organic matter content. Gotcha. And see, see, in reference, the same geological process is taking place throughout the Earth. And it pretty much resulted in different, you know, you got ten major soil types. But within them, soil types, the way they assess soil is based on the fractions. So you have like a loamy soil. That's the most desirable soil. That's pretty much made of clay, silt, and sand. Mm-hmm. 
then you have a a clay loom, a silk loom, and a sandy loom. Comprised that the silk loom has a little bit more clay in it. The sandy loom has more clay in it. It's all about having having a soil that has a perfect dynamic, where it has good drainage, it has good air spacing, and good structure, and that it's biologically active. Those are the conditions, because it, it don't matter how nutrient-rich your soil is. If the conditions that allow those nutrients to make themselves available to the plant are not facilitated, so that means that if you got this nutrient-rich soil and it's compacted, it don't have no oxygen in it, or water pretty much bars at the top because it's not good drainage or what they call filtration, then the nutrients ain't going to be available. So it don't matter how much nutrients are there. The question is, is creating the perfect conditions to allow those nutrients to be made available to the plant. That, that's the key. Understood. And that, that actually, uh, I, I guess I can liken that to the way uh, the different types of plants, the C3, C4, and uh, based on their abilities to, uh, based on their environment, they're able to process carbon uh, dioxide. So that's the way they, that process you just described about the soil is the same way the plants operate. Interesting. When, yeah. when they carbon dioxide. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, um, I was just a bit curious about that, so I was happy to, to hear that you you are going in on this topic yes. today. And, Brother uh, God, yes, indeed. Yes. Can you please, um, right, we ask that you, both, both brothers, you can um, remain with us real quick. We just want to go into the 11-11 uh, meditation. We want to get ready okay. and prepare for that. All right. Cool. We are going to pause for the cause and do our meditation. Of course, the new moon is coming up on the 28th. We might want to take this time to project and, and, you know, as we put those seeds in the ground, the same way that you put these thoughts and these ideas into this black matter. Okay, family? And we will be back shortly so that you know the protocol by now. If not, close your eyes, sit there, pull your gut in, put the air in through your nose, exhale it through your mouth, and meditate to the sounds of Omni Padmeon. Oh, mm-hmm. 
to our back in meditation. Um, yes, indeed, we still have our guest and our caller on the line, correct? Brother Garth, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm still here, sir. Yes, Brother Terrence, are you here? Yes, I'm still here. Yes, all right. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah, um, yeah, and I also appreciate what you were talking about earlier in regards to the um, uh, the CMOS scenario. Um, I think last year I sent uh, Blue Pill uh, some documentation on the genetic um, information on, on. CMOS. Um, yes, and uh, they, they spoke about yeah, like over eighty. When you think about the the years. It's been on the planet, and it has close to 90% of its genetic information intact. You can't beat that. There's nothing you can beat that. You can't beat that right there. There's nothing you can do to beat that. So when I run into people, I always tell them the importance. You just think about that alone. Something that's been around for billions of years, you can't beat that, not having that much of its genetic information intact. So. Definitely appreciate it, Mr. Miller, and uh, um, I wish you well in all of your endeavors, man. Uh, I'm going to go to your, um, what is it, Indiegogo page, and I'll support your movement. And um, okay. and uh, I think it's important uh, what you're doing. And I kind of feel where, you, where you're coming from in terms of your struggles, in terms of people seeing what you're trying to do. Um, um, I'm in that same kind of a boat, but moving in a di- different direction. And in the next few months, you know, um, uh, looking to hopefully be able to present something uh, very profound uh, for people. Hopefully um, they can appreciate what uh, I will be presenting to the world because it's, um, it's different. But I have to wait for a couple of things to um, uh, break through first before I can even speak on it. But, that being said, though, um, uh, you're going to make it happen, man. I, I, I feel that, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank Indeed. you for calling in. All right, no no problem. Anytime, man. Peace. I'll, I'll fall back and let someone Peace, else. Time. No, anytime, yeah. Blue. Thank you for having this venue, man. Powerful program, man. Sure. You can do one of these every every week. You have plant plant guys every week if you could. <laughs> I appreciate that. We need to. Yeah, well, you know, we need to. But we're gonna beat the drum and we're gonna continue to get the word out. Please, exactly. you know, post the link to the Indiegogo campaign on your on your on your um your, your statuses for family. You know, share the link more so. You know, the show link is cool. The information is great, but the brother has limited days on his campaign. So if we can share the Indiegogo link to our network and let them know the importance, and that's when you share the link to the show because you can try your best to reinterpret what's being said or you can let the master say it himself, you know, but more important, get the information out, put the information in front of the people, you know, and let them see what was really good because, you know, like I said, people are up there beating the drum about 
GMOs and Monsanto, but very, uh, not even very rarely, I haven't heard anybody, period, talk about mutate, mutation breeding. So, you know, there's some new information, and we have, yeah, we have to get this information to those that need it the most, okay? Yeah, they're, they're actually bro. teaching that mutated breeding stuff. They're teaching that mutated breeding stuff in the colleges. Um, I forgot the professor's name. He actually has a, a scallion, a scallion onion that he actually has the patent on. He has a patent on a scallion onion, and he also uh, landed the deal. Man, forget the guy's name. Um, now when when, when you just jarred my memory on it too. Guys, uh, scallion onions. So a lot of the onions that we see in the in the supermarket, them them green scallions, those are patented um, uh, scallions. And, and and Mr. Miller is absolutely correct in terms of um, the lifespan. When you change, like when you take a, something that's original and you modify its genetic nature, you you code the script. You know what I mean? Because that's what they do. You know, I, I, I deal in that DNA business. That's what my, my occupation. So I'm, I deal in that field um, a bit, and I have access in terms of being able to communicate uh, certain uh, curiosities that I have with uh, uh, about DNA to um, certain geneticists. And one of the interesting things about it is that you, you can just you can take anything you want mutate it and give it the lifespan you want to. So this is what they're doing and the reason why they're patenting it, patenting everything so they can write their own scripts. It's the same thing like there's a lot of us out here who think um, O is the oldest blood type, and I've been telling people for years, O is not always recessive. You can't be, you know, o, o, o is like saying a white person can turn black. That's what it is. The key of understanding blood type is understand whether you're an AO or a BO. A and B are the dominant. And uh, if you ask me, I think AB is the oldest. That's why there are less people on the planet that are AB. And then the split happened somewhere along the line where A, A people became A and then B people became. I think that happened due to uh, climatic change in the axial tilt of the earth. But um, that's for another story. I come back and expound on that stuff on a later note. But it's the same kind of thing. You can script it that way, and you give it the time span that you want. So when they when they when you hear them say they're mutating stuff, and they're they're giving it a specific time span, and they're coding it to do exactly what they want it to do, and that that's how they're uh, they're doing it. They're writing the script. Or they're, or they're doing like, um, you know, they got that quadruplex. Um, uh, I, I think uh, some people were posting the quadruplex uh, DNA uh, uh, or, or four-sided DNA mutation or, or well, four-strand DNA mutation thing, and that has to do with uh, uh, the, uh, the coding. You know, it's ATGC. Well, that quadruplex that makes it turn into a, a four-stranded, um, DNA would be, it would be A T G G G G. That's how the coding is. And normally, when you code proteins, they they code. There's three proteins. I mean, three amino acids that form a protein. So it could be like A T C or A T G. But with that double helix guanine thing going on, 
that uh, four-stranded stuff, because a lot of people, well, well according to the geneticists, when I asked the geneticists in the Midwest, um, uh, one of the labs that I, um, I, uh, I work with, I asked them about that, and, um, uh, and there's, they don't, at least not that they wanted to say to me, but they state that there are certain things that happen, I guess, to people, like um, more of the autistic nature, but and they're looking at it being able to help. I forget the disease offhand. I have to check my um, my notes here again because when I was taking notes on it, because I, I wasn't familiar about what are the effects of it. But there's a lot of different things uh, going on with this coding and what they're doing. Uh, in particular, they they just want to own everything. That's why anything that you do that you create, you have to patent everything. You have to patent. They even patent like Amazon just patented the white background. You know, if you take a a, a picture of a, a, a of a camera and have it on a white background, well, Amazon owns the patent on that. So if they can patent how you take pictures, everything is about the patent. Whatever you creating, my advice to any any creators out there, you better learn. You better either find yourself a patent attorney or get your patent game tight because it's about owning everything. And 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 for you, Mr. Miller, if you have a specific type of way you go about, you know, uh, farming that may be uh, indigenous to your person, you may want to even do that because they're doing everything they're patenting. And that's what they're going to do. It's like they're patenting parts of our, our uh, organs uh, and the process because that, that's why they're – they, they tried to get the, uh, they, they, they got the old blood type, they got the artificial O, and that's why most of the planet is O. Most people don't even know that. Most of the planet is O. O, then A, then B. And they're going to change everybody over to O, the recessive type. That's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to be O, and they're going to, and, and they sequence it. They write the code for the blood. So once they do that, you're going, everybody's going to be able to fall in line the way they want to, right, exactly the way they want you. And that's going to take time, and, and everything that Mr. Moe is talking about tonight is just part of the process of what's going to segue right in. Uh, and I guarantee you most of the people that are just following along, um, you know, uh, that blood frequency I think has to do with it. You know, I think it's the, the frequency of blood and how they process information is a, is a big part of why people probably are functioning and acting the way they are. It seems normal to them, but... Uh, unfortunately, they they don't recognize what's happening in terms of genetic mutation and things of that nature. But it's a serious game out here. Uh, so I say, you know, I, I'll leave it there. So I don't want to keep on rambling. <laughs> All right. Thank you, brother, Thank as always. You. No problem. Peace. Thank you. For sure. Peace. Right, let me Peace. open up. Brother Red's line. Call up from three four seven six five zero. Peace. Red. All right. Always for him to come too. Let's go to the six one four in the meantime. Yes, you have any questions, comments, or concerns before we continue? Yeah, powerful information. You know what I mean? Once again. 
Brother Miller, you just elevated it to a whole nother level. Thank you for raising the frequency, and I'm sure that you fed the multitudes out there who have been, um, you know, just eating from your table. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I'm making a pledge right now that everybody who has, you know, eaten from his food of his food of thought and food of knowledge, let's just leave a tip. You know what I mean? Right there on the Kickstarter campaign or the Indiegogo tip. Let's just leave a tip, like he said, just ten dollars. If 50 of us just leave a $10 tip, our brother, you know what I mean, he'll, he'll, you know, everything will be A-OK, and things will begin to motivate and, and uh, actually... We'll be manifest. closer to completing the initiative, family, because, again, this is not about Terrence Miller. It's about the continuity of the species with, of the species. with food, with, with, with food that you've never had, real food, not mutant food, but real food for real people. So for the continuity of real people and not mutants, this campaign is very important. All right? Exactly. You know, not to knock yeah, not to knock the mutant. You know, I know y'all all went to spend your chippers to go see the mutant this weekend. Exactly. Exactly. Look, there may be a, a certain person tonight who might have just went to the club to spend $5,000 because that actually happened on, on some bottles. And I would say for the continuity of the whole race, like all of us, instead of doing the bottles, just drop that five stacks on the Kickstarter campaign. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to get spent by a lot of people tonight. And just, just, just for, you know, just for like a few, a few minutes of satisfaction, you might go in there and make it rain. And it's gone. <laughs> Then you go home, the lights come on. Cinderella, you turn into a pumpkin. Word. Yeah, it's all over. A GMO like, one at that. Yeah, I'm just A saying. pumpkin, yeah, a pumpkin with no seeds. At that. Huh? Okay, listen. Need we say at more? That. Exactly. Let's go to another caller. Six one four six one four three zero one six one four. Caller, please. Well, Colin, Wagwan, Andrea, out of Ohio. How are everyone doing today? Peace, peace, greetings. Wonderful. Peace, um, Terrence Miller. Thank you so much. I got my cell nutrition today in the mail. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and um, so, um, do you look at? Fukushima and the radiation, and when it comes to the seaweed and the corella that's out there in the water, um, maybe have some effect with that radiation as well as like chemtrails when it comes to farming, the effects of chemtrails. The same way you look at the forest fire and the emergence of new plants. Would yes. you what, correlate those, those situations? Yes, thank you for the question. Yeah, it's, it's a very similar construct such that nature uses certain vehicles as a means of transformation. So even when we look at man, we say man is a destroyer, but all along it was nature herself that guided man. A lot of times certain life forms were intended to be here for a certain while, so certain cataclysms have to come about bring a new form into existence. And when it comes to radiation, 
you mentioned about some of the sea vegetations. Yes, since they are basically have some of the same embryonic stem cell capabilities, similar to bacteria and even fungi, they have the ability to take things that are radioactive, form them to non-radioactive material. It's a process called biological transmutation. When we look at the minerals in the periodic chart, in essence, there's only one mineral. Hmm. You know, certain, certain, certain biological substance can take certain electrons and take them and, and take them off or add them on. So that's the only difference between one mineral to the next. Okay. How many, how many protons, neutrons, and electrons it has. You know, so even even in the soil, you may you may think you have a calcium deficiency, but the biology can transform some of the phosphorus and or, or some of the uh, magnesium and change it to calcium or some of the sodium and change it to potassium. You know, so nature has so many different phen- phenomenal abilities that, and I think man doesn't look at the spiritual construct. Everything, you know, you look at chemistry, you look at the physical properties and then the bi- biological, but then they're looking at the biology itself, but they're not looking at the substance that drives it. And of course, it's of a spiritual construct. That's why there's a, a, a intuitive continuity between those biology and the plant, and, and that's something man can't he can't measure that on any type of instrumentation. That's why Carver, back in his day, was the only one that was drawn on the plant from a spiritual realm, because that's the core of it. So, like, I can look at something chemically, and I can understand why nature brought it into form. Compounds, illustrate. I mean, you know, when I look at a plant now, I don't look at it from a nutritional standpoint or from a medicinal standpoint. I look at the full spectrum of the plant. So I look at it botanically, and then, you know, you hear a lot of hype about flaxseed oil, and people are not realizing that flaxseed is linoleum. It hardens towels. And just because it has omega-3, I'm like, omega-3 is not just a part of the nutritional construct, but it also is part of the industrial construct of plants. Mm. So it's just a matter of, you know, how how much one wants to explore. I think they do too much research and don't rely on intuition, you know, because intuition is that which knows all, where there's limitations considerably in the thought process. There's only so much you can think. There's only so much you can research. But there's something that has to, that has to transcend beyond that. You know, and that's, that's the area that I, I realize in humility that if nature has the answers, and I know I couldn't even come close to the resilience or the omnipotence of nature, then why waste my time thinking when I can just align myself to that which is already here? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's right. Right on. No, thank you. Thank you. And you have thank some, you for the information. Um, out in Ohio, you know, that's wonderful uh, plant life out there. Biodiversity runs high in Ohio. Yeah, and I inbox you one of the pills. Tell me your name again. What's your first name? Andrea for some technology you guys were uh, promoting. Okay. 
I'm going to look into it. Um, I'll right. get back in contact with you. All right, thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Caller from the 803-803-497. Caller from the 803. Peace. We're going to I hope you Hey, brothers, I've been listening for a while, and I finally got to a point where you started talking about the spiritual content of the stories, because there's a natural process where nature literally repairs itself. In saying that, I wanted to ask this question. What the difference of foods that are being hybrided from seeds nowadays, is that going to have a negative effect on the soil over time, or... With uh, delayed delayed planting, maybe a year or two, so that the soil can rejuvenate, would that be a better form of farming on a soil that's been planted on before? You know, to be honest with you, in a, in a matter of a few months, there's a process called bioremediation. Yeah. Several applications of uh, biology in the soil, and it will begin. It can take anything and transform it. I, I mean, to the point where the, the enzymes, in fact, a lot of the biological uh, species, it takes to 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 break things down to the, the subatomic form. That I means if you have a, a molecule, you know, let's say a carbon and a hydrogen, right? right? Pretty, pretty much like oil and gasoline, which is what they call a hydrocarbon. It is made of hydrogen and carbon. Well, these organisms, their enzymes take that hydrogen and oxygen and reduce it to an atomic form and then restructure the system and all together different. Hello? Yes. I don't know if it's just on my end, but the phone going in and out. Kind of a little choppy. Were you hearing the same thing, um, Paula? Was it clear? Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. I kind of caught some bits and pieces. Okay, I, I, what about now? Yeah. yeah. Well, much clearer now. Yeah. Okay. I repeat that again. I, I was speaking about how certain biological organisms have the capability of uh, taking compounds and breaking them down into molecules and taking the molecules and breaking them down to the subatomic structure. When we look at oil seals, you know, oil which is made up of carbon and hydrogen, and how the enzymes from certain biological species can sever that hydrogen and carbon bond and then restructure it into something altogether different. Like oyster mushrooms can just take the whole splat of oil and just absorb it and transform it to, to an entirely beneficial substance. So once you understand that the biology was the first life form, it had the capability of shaping, transforming, and redefining things. So even though something may be, it may have toxic waste, it may have radiation, you know, these biological life forms have the resilience to transform anything. Uh, let me ask you this here. Would that also would that also include the photonic form? 
Yes, sir. Well, you've answered my question, brother, and uh, I'll definitely be visiting the uh, Indigo. And uh, peace, peace out. Uh, peace. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Peace. Indeed. Let's go to caller from. 870 870 826 870 Caller Peace Greetings Peace Paula Do you have any questions, comments, or concerns? Peace, brother Okay I'll let you get back to listening. Peace. Let's go to caller from the 
it's mostly that our food is 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 heavily mutated. It's 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 uh is it is genetically mutated, but you are also saying is I you know, I guess I kinda of trying to understand the science just from a simple version. I guess if you can kind of regurgitate that again for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was saying that it's mutated by way of either chemical or nuclear exposure. Okay. So the food, not only is it mutated genetically, but it's also uh, unstable genetics. So that okay. means over, over years it changes into something that they have no clue as to what it would be. Okay, got you. And you saying, you know, I, I I got you on the wild food, and um, you saying basically everything we'll see in the supermarket, no matter where you go, uh, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, or whatever, most likely expecting. I know you uh, pointed out that you know, especially the the large vegetation is most likely going to is most likely mutated if it's in the if if it's in the market. And that includes even at most of your farmers' markets. Right. Okay. Got you. And, mo- and most of your farms. Right. And mo- most likely, you know, if it's, if it's something just like my, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina. Got a grandma in Albemarle, North Carolina. She has a, a walnut tree growing in her front yard. Would that be considered wild? Uh, a wal- walnut, I mean, you know, most of your nuts come from the, the, the tropics. Okay. So they, so they have to genetically modify them like a plum is from the tropics but they they made it adapt and when they adapted to see if, if, if see nature has a code a DNA code okay if something was made like Irish moss is made to be in the salt water right you never see you never see Irish moss in a fresh water you never see it in a creek a lagoon a swamp nor a marsh you only gonna see it in sea vegetation because the minute Somebody took it and put it into one of them environments. If it survived, it would change. It wouldn't stay the same. Okay, so the base of that tree is out of place. Exactly. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. They they getting us at all angles. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like I just been laughing this whole show because you know you gotta. Uh, I think that you know to to go to get from going crazy, <laughs> you always gotta make you out of yourself. So. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm thankful I'm thankful for you, brothers, man. Um, I'm really thankful do, for you, brother. I appreciate you. All okay. I want to do is, you know, try my best to, you know, dig, dig and dig and regurgitate as much to, you know, as possible to my people and to anybody I can reach. And you know, um, uh, you know, just just keep fighting, like y'all, you know, keep keep the, um, uh, the resilience as you you know as you stated the resilience up. You know, because you know, ain't no, it ain't no coming, ain't no going back to sleep. So all I want to do is keep waking up. So <laughs> um, I'm, I definitely, I'm definitely, uh, you know, going to be tuning in from here on now. That's my first time. I, I caught you, I caught you on a YouTube video from Mr. Hinky actually. Uh, cause I, you know, I ran to him a few, you know, a few weeks ago on YouTube. So I, you know, that meditation, I, I, I realized it just keep leading me to you guys more and more. You know, I'm just keep hearing different versions yeah. of the same. So I, I definitely appreciate it. And I definitely will be tuning in, and I definitely will be. Uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Definitely will be. Uh, uh, appreciate it. Definitely will be pulling out a pocket for that for that movement because. And, and I don't I don't know if you know you guys know about uh, Dr. Umar's 
open up another open up a school. He got a fundraiser, so I'm pulling out a pocket for all this stuff. I don't know none of this money. This whole matrix, none of this means nothing to me no anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all it's being used for these days. So I, I you know, it's a blessing. Yeah. Keep doing what y'all. Yes, thank you, my brother. Yes, I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I, you know, I'll let y'all get back Peace to work. Peace. Indeed. Yes, sir. Okay, we have more hands up. Let's go to Paula from the 870-870. Paula, 826-870. Paula. Hey. Hey. Greetings. Yeah. Welcome to another ledge. Peace. You have any questions, comments, or concerns? Yeah, hello? Okay. I'm going to put this phone on mute. Let's go to the next caller. Caller from the 215-609-215. Caller. Hey. Peace, peace. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. My brother. Word up. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Mr. Oh, Reed Manhattan, caller from Philly. Salute to everyone on the line. Salute. Um, I, I did catch a little bit of the show. I was I was on another call at the same time. I was doing that networking thing. I was on two shows at once. Um, I'm not sure if you've covered this, but the, I'm, my question is the same way that um, seeds and, and, and plants and fruits can be genetically modified and altered and manipulated, can the same thing be done with nuts? Because I was just sipping a when – I, when I turned on the show, I was sipping on a, uh, a vegan milkshake. That I made with nuts, so it, it got me to thinking. So I'm just curious. Oh yeah, you know, any anything that's a part of the commercial industry with food has been genetically altered. Okay, gotcha. And and I'll definitely go back and listen to the the rest of this in the archive. Um, I didn't think that. Yes, please do. The uh, previous show would take as long as it did. Please do, but. Yeah, I definitely will. I know definitely he will. dropped it. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Yes, and I mean, I'm on his Facebook page. I I, I follow what he's doing. So yeah, I, I already know. Uh, I wanted to sit down in meditation and, and take all of this in at one time. Yes, indeed. All right, so, brother. Salute. Peace. Salute. Peace. Peace. Okay, let's go to caller from four one zero four one zero five nine five four one zero caller. Peace. Peace, Lord. It's the Cosmo Physician. I just, uh, <laughs> I just got here, Lord. You know, I was invited as a guest to another show, but, you know, and uh, unfortunately it conflicted with this one. I was, you know, kind of sore about that, but I got over it quickly. No doubt. And uh, now I'm here listening. I didn't get there. I mean, I've been here for like two seconds, you know, uh, really two minutes, two or three minutes. So I'm not in any position to make a comment. I'm just all ears, Lord. But I do want to say peace and love to the fam, you know. Peace and love. Indeed. Indeed. What is the sign that you could drop? Uh, I, um, I went to this, this. I was invited to go to the Richard uh, Smith show. On um and it's promoted on my page. I don't. I have they they do it a little differently. They do the show live 
but they record it, then they go in and edit it, and then they air it later. So when he airs okay. the show, I put the link on my page for everybody that wants to hear it. You know, I'm doing my normal. I was just promoting cosmophysics, man, bringing it to the masses as usual. Absolutely. But, yeah, brother, when you get a chance, I definitely want you to listen to this program in the archives because as a cosmocrat, you have a wonderful ability to look into the stars, not only in the present, but you can also spin the wheel and look into the past, you know, and what the brother is saying has serious implications in regards to how the people have been tinkering with food supply since, you know, 30s, 40s, and the 50s, you know, exposing our food source to nuclear radiation and, and, and utilizing a method called mutation breeding. And, um, you know, we, we sit there and we kick it off and about just the nature of how things are changing, you know, as a species and, and, and what the stars say to support those things. You know, how these changes are supported cosmologically, you know, and I find it quite interesting that, you know, if you look at moon cycles, you know that these planetary bodies govern all things that are growing and changing and mutating on this planet. All of those speak to some sort of planetary energy. So I definitely think that uh, it would be in your best interest, you know what I mean, to get this information and, and cross-reference it with the information that you can pull down and try to figure out you know. Indeed, Lord. Well, first let me say that, yes, you know, you don't even have to advise me. Whenever I miss a show, I got a copy of it. In fact, if anything ever happened to your archive, I'd be one of those that you can contact <laughs> and get and get several <laughs> downloads. I think I got about 100 of them already since I've been home. You know, I lost my last computer. Mm-hmm. I had more than that. But I think I got about 100 of your shows the last year so far. So, and in terms of the GMO, yeah, I understand that they've been tampering with the food. Um, see, I've been looking at the situation that they've been doing since the industrialization of the workplace, you know, bringing them pesticides in, into the mix and that chemical blend. But um, I wasn't aware of the radiation treatment nor the fact that this extended back into the 40s. But anything that we become aware of is is almost... 30 to 20 years old by the time we get it anyway. So I can, you know, I can automatically concur with the idea that it's extremely possible. But I have to go back and listen to the show to hear all the details. Indeed. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I Which look forward to, uh, peace. No? Indeed, brother. Peace. Okay. We got another hand up. Let's go to the 251. Two five one eight zero nine. Call us for the two five one. Peace. Yo yo. Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey. Peace. Hey, how you doing, Blue? Peace. Mister Miller. Yes, sir. How are you? Yes, yes. I just want to say, um, you will prevail. I can feel your spirit and your humility, and I truly believe that you are put here, brought forth in this time for a reading, you know what I'm saying? So we know, as you know, as a planter, as a gardener, you know there's a reason for every season, so to speak. So, and I believe you're one of those people at this time. So, you know, I have no doubt that the movement will be successful. Blue, this is Jay. I'll be sending you all the articles, man. You know I had to call in. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. 
Yeah, peace, peace, peace. You know, I just want to veg you back on a couple things. I was like, the brother, um, yeah, I forgot his name. He, um, he touched on it a little bit, a bit the patenting, you know what I'm saying? That's what it's about, uh, economic for the, you know, it's, it's a lot of different facts, factions that's going on here. It's an economic one, and then it's a survival for their type of species, you know, because they know that the cycle that's coming up, which is the sun cycle, they're not going to be able to make it if they don't <laughs> do some type of alterations. So, you know, when you talk about the patent, the U.S. Patent Office says, you know, on their website and in their books, there are three types of patents. There's a utility patent, there's a design patent, and there's a plant patent. So, mm. you know what I'm saying, it says it clear as day right there. You know what I'm saying? So mm. from their office, they're telling you the type of patent and those are the only three. I don't think everything else is a trademark or a copyright. But when it comes to patents, you got those three. So the brother spoke earlier about what they called it about the soil. He was definitely on point. You know what I'm saying? But uh, another thing I had to ask, because I heard Mr. Miller say that the, um, the genes are expressed through nutrition. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and then that, that 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 brought me logically to the question, you know, that okay, it's obvious that we everybody walking around here is a quote unquote X Men by now because we all mutated up based upon what you're bringing forth right now. But the question I had was, if everybody is mutated up since the 30s or 40s or whenever they started this, then what are the, and it's a radiation type of thing with the mutation. And what's the purpose for the human genome project? <clears throat> because uh, when I read that article, you notice how they were trying to breed things to to des- to come up with desired traits. So by studying the genome, when they see those traits, they know what the characteristics of that trait is just by its, its you know its, its genetic form. And mm-hmm. genome is a way of knowing what the genetic form is. Mm-hmm. So when the brother talked about the A, B, and O and stuff like that, I mean, are they are they starting with the blood types or are they starting with the plants or well, how how are how how are they starting when it comes to it? We're starting with the plant because we have to realize that any species that live in an ecosystem, all the components of the ecosystem to allow that species to thrive and exist have to be there prior to its existence. So that means the mm-hmm. plant of the of the derivative genetics, they were here before we were. So that mm-hmm. means that our, our genetics is a reflection of it rather than it being a reflection of our genetics. Mm. Okay. Okay. I also wanted to, uh, that makes sense. I also want to ask if, uh, Mr. Miller, if you were aware in blue, it's, it's interesting that you said you have been up to Oregon. Are you are you aware of the, uh, the Calamu Lake in Oregon? The what? The, the Kalamoo or Kalamath Lake in Oregon. It's like a prestigious lake that's in Oregon. No, I haven't, I haven't made it to that lake as of yet. No. Okay. Well, this lake, in this lake, they specifically set aside um, monies for this lake. So this is, like, considered a very prestigious lake to the people up there. Matter of fact, this lake is so prestigious that they got reparations for this lake. 
I'm trying to tell you, when I found that out, I was bugging out. They got in 1980, look it up. They got reparations, but it's late. Wow. In 1980, so these people must have been on their genome, you know, way back in the day because that lake is nothing but, like Mr. Miller said, the blue-green algae, some of the original pristine blue-green algae. And there's a company that exclusively sells products from there. It's called E3. Look at Their website is E3 Live. Oh, that's where the E3 Live comes from? Yeah, that's where the E3 Live comes from. E3 Live changed my life when I first tasted E3 Live. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the E3 Live comes from the Calamath Lake in Oregon. Okay. And they got money, $81 million to be specific, to help bring that to to, to you know to the populace. So somebody yeah. knows something. I I just wanted to put that out for the family. And the last thing I wanted to say is, you know, our sister Suzar been talking about that in the nineties and the eighties. So I'm sure you're familiar with the, the drugs masquerading that food. If y'all ain't, y'all go get that book. It's it's, it's called oh, yeah. drugs or food, no food masquerading as drugs or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Food yeah. masquerading as drugs. So. All this stuff's been going on for a long time, and I'm just so happy that we have a brother Miller coming forth in this day and time, and others, you know, AV and everybody else who can bring, you know, what I'm saying some some healing to to to, to um, our peoples because we're gonna need it, you know, in the age of Kali Yuga. Yeah. And I and I leave it at that. Peace to the gods. Thank you, my brother. Peace. 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 Yes, indeed. Comes and adds on. Let's take one more caller. Caller from the 321, 321, 304. Caller, peace. Peace, peace. It's Brother Ray from Jacksonville. How you doing, brother? Peace. Yeah, how are you? All right, all right. Just want to make a comment real quick that sounds like the brother had the spirit of Asar, and Asar being the god of the uh, of the agriculture. You know what I'm saying? And um, I also want to say that, you know, it, it's sad that the human race is so disrespectful to, you know, to nature, to Mother Nature, you know what I'm saying? Creating all this, you know, the, the disrespect to create something that didn't need to be tempted with, you know what I'm saying? And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, brothers. All right. So that's it. Indeed, Brother Peace. All right, we got one more hand shot up. Let me get the caller whose hand just got up. Call us in the 347-347-951-347. Peace. Peace, peace. I have, to, I have to hang up then get back in so I can get on. I've been waiting the whole show. <laughs> peace, peace to Red and Blue, man, for just having the show. As always, um, peace to Brother Terrence Miller. Um, I was just listening. I tuned in, man, a little late, maybe like an hour out, but everything was perfect, man. You're genius. Um, I actually went on the Indiegogo site, and I just want to say I hope you continue it on another site so we can continue to donate and to stretch it out. I I donated $100. Um, I sent it to um, a brother of mine who has um, the first organic farm here in Orlando, in Pine Hills um, in Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm sending him the seeds. I want to know also how could I get some seeds or start my own seed bank. 
not a grower, just more starting a seed bank, and then I could spread the word because I do marketing, you know. So I just wanted to get the information. I just want to say thank you, and I'll just listen. Okay. So you can get some seeds at our site that will be up in a few days. It's called Indigenous Seed Initiative dot org that's www dot indigenous seed initiative dot org so that's two c's of the i mean two s's indigenous has one s and then the seeds is it is a separate s yeah seed right seed or seeds initiative right yeah seed plural correct okay dot org, correct? Indigenous yes, sir. Seeds Initiative dot org. Mm-hmm. That that seed that seed singular. Oh, the seed is singular. Yes, sir. Okay. I appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Indigenous seed initiative dot org. Yes, indeed. Thank you, brother.
I will reiterate, family, like when I was on my way to Oregon and passing through California, I passed some crops that extended for like five minutes, like driving on the highway for five minutes. So they had to have like a thousand acres or whatever hybrid they was growing. The shit looked like it might have been avocados at one moment. I don't know what it was. They were short trees. I couldn't identify them, and it wasn't nothing, you know, falling on the ground for me to be like, oh, that's what this is. But they are very scientifical and methodical about how they are raising these mutants, what have you. And there's a water drought out here in California. So you've already seen the battle was between the smaller farmers, you know, and, and the, the larger industrial farmers, you know, so they're starving out these smaller farmers that might be, you know, trying to grow what they think is organic. You know what I'm saying? They're losing these battles out to these bigger, <clears throat> these bigger farmers that are doing these jobs, these corporations. Um, but when you see stuff like that, you really get a grasp on just the magnitude of the um, the production that's in place. You know, these people are not only just growing mutants; they're growing a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? And they 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 don't have any plans to stop. So the only thing that we can do is counter that, do for self. There's nothing more important on the planet outside of water and food. You know, they go hand in hand. You know, in terms of sustainability, if you want to have a leg up in, in what's going to happen on this planet in the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years and beyond, you know, we're going to need a food source. We're going to need our own water source. All right? And, um... For brothers such as my my brother Terrence Miller, you know, these are the kings amongst us. You know what I'm saying? These are the people, kings, prophets, you know, all of these lofty titles or what have you, these are the people that should be looked upon as such saviors of these times, people that are coming with the solutions that would mean so much to us in 100 and 200 years. It means all the world to me today and tomorrow because I'm just excited about the opportunity to eat real food. You know what I'm saying? To have something in my body, introduced to my body that's real, that's wild, that's never been there. That means that there are things that are going to be, you know, awakened in me. There are things that are going to un- unfold and unravel and wake up in me that have never been there. The possibilities are endless. That to me is very exciting. And, um, I want to leave us on this note with uh, Midnight. This song here is called What Makes a King. And they said the person who takes care of the grid, the planetary grid is the king of this planet at this particular time. The ones that have come forward to set the record straight by working on the grid, bringing things back into balance, working with the earth, balancing your feminine energy by, you know, finding your your real relationship with, with, with the mother, with the maternal energy of this planet, the earth, who yields, she yields freely, you know what I'm saying? But let's stop putting the poison in her. Let's put something real in her and get something real back and do real things. All right, y'all? Love and light. We'll see you here on Friday. I got a power on Friday. If you think that this brother has been exposing some things that we never knew about food, now let's go into the whole spell about language, Okay. You're going to hear some things that you've never heard before because they've never been spoken in the public venue dealing with this spell that this, uh, you know, these folks is running on the folks. You know what I'm saying? It's a time memorial dealing with language, right? 
how they have hybridized, you know, consciousness, utilizing the spells cast through language. So we're going to learn some very important tools. And once you grasp this, trust me, you know, this is on. This is this is the stuff that you need on the road to become the Jedi. The fights can't be fought without this information. These are the most necessary tools. All right, I'm gonna leave you with the midnight, y'all. Peace. Oh, 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 you nation, a question. What makes a king? What makes prospering? Oh, you rebellion, evidence and of events facts. Don't on song. Just is merited all eight names in Atlas Yo. All earth descendants and influences. Him on earth who maintained the bridge of togetherness, specializing in snowballing perception, gathering mass from tumbling, witches and sorcerers they labeled in, in immediate society, look within. If it isn't true, then go fix the wrong way. You may see for things. Things word of distance as one gone with everlasting content. They resurrecting in the current model of excess to be living in, respecting indigenous people in the where they live. They redeem the villainous infamy of how you rob and kill. As minimal obligation, just freely give. As minimal redeem, please teach, rethink. With this to broke our names right out of our links and broke ability. Animalistic The predatory instinct of take to win The seeds of jealousy cultivated And shattered the law Born out this thing Part of the structure The end constructed Purposeful directed For each one functioning Soldiers of the long wall To protect her in Just to protect her in He left the eye the power of the
emperor is merited All earth descendants And influences Him who on earth Protect the grid Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.